a golden god! An equal amount of blueberries in each muffin. To a new world of gods and monsters. <laughs> I don't know who's weirder, you or me. You just put the law in my hands, and I'm gonna break your heart. Nobody puts baby in the Whatever you do, don't fall asleep. There is no everyone and welcome back to movies for life i am one of your co-hosts michelle agan and i am your other co-host brian kuyper that was really loud at first i'm and. sorry about that <laughs> and and we are doing the kind of second part of our little high school kind of mini series thing we got going on we did just regular high school movies last time and now we're doing high school reunion movies yeah, and these are both pretty different takes on that idea, you know, and yeah, I, I these are both <laughs> movies. I just love both of yeah. these. They're so much fun. Uh, there's And they're both smart in their own ways, you know, while being really, really funny, too. Absolutely. And they, I think they both have really good messages to them as well. They do. Yeah. And the so. first one we're going to talk about is, yeah. The, the most obvious one when you're talking about a high school reunion because it's in the title uh we're talking about Romy and michelle's high school reunion from 1997 and second we're gonna talk about uh, maybe it's it's not like oh this is their 20th year or whatever it's not the whole high school it's a group of friends getting back together to try one more time to uh succeed at the golden mile with Edgar writes The World's End. And I can't remember what year it's from. 2013? Uh, <laughs> <didn't>, no idea. <laughs> I did, uh, sorry, didn't look that up ahead of time. So, no, that's important. You just always yeah. kind of add that yeah. in because... <laughs> it's all right. It's all right. So, okay, we're going to start with Romy and Michelle. Um, now, this is your iconic Michelle movie. You get your name spoken over and over again. And it's I was spelled like, correctly... In the spelled t- not, correct. not correctly, but you know, <laughs> I always wondered the way why you spell it. Yeah, the way I spell it. I always wondered why that was the choice for this because Michelle with one L is not completely uncommon. I've actually met a lot of other Michelles with one L's in person, so it's a, it is a thing. But I always it's not the norm. The norm is two L's. So I always wondered why there was that choice um, just for the title in the movie. But it's very cool to to kind of to see that. Yeah. <laughs> And Michelle my, is not a common name for people no. to use as character names in movies either. So it is weird to kind of yeah. hear my name over and over again. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I mean, there there how many Johns and right. whatever yeah. <laughs> are there? Uh, there aren't a lot of Brian's either. And in fact, before the show, I was like, I can't think of a Brian movie. And, and <laughs> Michelle goes, uh, The Life of Brian. Yeah. I was like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, and they do spell his name the way that i spell my name in that movie too so there we go so (laughs) one of these days i'll give that movie a rewatch 
It's been a while. Been a while. So the thing but, about Romeo and Michelle, um, just kind of rewatching it again, and it's going to be weird saying my name over and over again, <laughs> not talking about me. Again. That's right. I don't know why I'm focusing on that. Anyway, rewatching it um, again, it, it, this has always been a favorite just because it is a super like goofy, fun, uh, comedic movie with some great actors like from that time that were like really popular, Lisa Kudrow and Janine Garofalo, you know, um, it, so it was always great to see them, but like this time, um, and I always did. I got the message always beforehand about you know always be yourself and that kind of thing, and like don't worry about what other people think and stuff like that. But sometimes that kind of stuff doesn't really hit until you're a little bit older, mm-hmm. and so it was. It's still goofy fun, but the message is really nice, and it's just a really nice movie. Like we both kind of said that after we watched it. Like this is just a really like lovely, like nice movie to watch. You know, we always yeah love talking about ones like that. Well, it just kind of makes you feel good. It's sort of the yeah. definition of feel good movie. Uh, for me, it's like this School of Rock. You know, mm-hmm. if I want to, if I'm feeling a little low, I can watch this, or I can watch school of rock or I, you know, there are a handful of others, of course, and I'll just feel better at the end of the movie. There's just like almost no way to avoid it because they're just so, um, charming and mm-hmm. funny and just sweet, good natured, you yeah. know, there's a good natured element to those. Um, and frankly, first time I saw this, I knew I was going to be in from the very first line. When Michelle says, even though we've watched Pretty Woman like 36 times, I never get tired of making fun of it. (laughs) Because I tried watching that movie when I was a kid and I hated it. I still have never watched Pretty Woman. So um, so I am I am happy to with that line. You know, it's like I I never get tired of making fun of it either. Thank you. It was so sad. Um, They won't let her shop. (laughs) (laughs) But then they're also like. Still kind of affected by it. She's like, well, actually, this is kind of sad. <laughs> I know that's pretty funny. When this, I just get so happy when they when they let her shop. Yeah. Uh, um, so the if it, and this is the main thing I think the movies have in common is the lead characters here and Gary King really haven't changed at all since high school they're kind of in the same they're still best friends as they always were um they are kind of doing the same general interests um they kind of talk the same way as they always did Uh, so there's you know Romy working as a cashier and then michelle being unemployed it's but they're living together um it's it's pretty funny, and I, I like the way how this all sets up just this idea of, oh, going to the reunion, and what does all that mean? And, you know, having to, oh, we need to, we need to be, we need to go because we need to impress people. Yeah. You know, and that's my only purpose of going this. It's like, what's the point of even going if we can't impress people? It's a really funny line, but it's kind of poignant, too, because, uh-huh. I, I okay. This is something I want to ask. Have you been to a high school reunion? They were going to put one on and then um, the the planning like completely fell through. So we, no, we've never had one. Okay. my I didn't go to my 10th. I did go to my 20th. Really? <laughs> but again, the planning 
almost fell through because like the planning people at my high school didn't really get their shit together as well as the people from our rival high school. (laughs) So we ended up having a combined reunion with our rival high school. And we were, it was so strange. We were like on separate sides of the building and everything. It was like every, all the rivalry of, and there were people writing in the comments, there's no way that I'm going to go to a reunion with, if Puyallup's going to be there. I was like, what? This is so stupid. It's been 20 years. Right, who cares now? It's been 20 years. The rivalries are so dumb just i don't know but it was it was a strange there was there was like these same vibes between the schools that there always were all of a sudden just kind of came back really? it was so bizarre was so bizarre so i don't know if i'll do another one but um i did go to um the reunion there was like a 50th anniversary of the music program at my school a couple years ago that was actually cooler because it was like all the choir people and the band people, you know, and a lot of people from the years that I were was there were there. And so that was felt more like a nice high school reunion <laughs> than the actual high school reunion. So anyway. And it wasn't anything like the movie where everyone no, was trying to no. show off how great their life was now. <laughs> no. It was just old friends n- getting back together. That's how it should be. Yeah. Yeah, and and uh, we were also working on music together, so we ended up ultimately um, all singing together too, which was That's just cool. kind of a neato thing. So there's it's different when it's in that sense. So I mean, I'm not really a party person. I I just have never done that. I've I just don't see the point of going into a room where there's a lot of loud music where you can't converse anyway, and just shouting over each other's small talk. I, I just yeah. don't get it. It's just not my thing. So, and that's kind of what my high school reunion felt like. So, yeah, I get it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was, it was ironic because it was ironic because it turns out my wife actually, who went to a completely different high school than me, actually met some people at my reunion that she knew professionally, like from hospital work. And so she was hanging out with them and talking more to them than I was to the people I actually went to high school with. So anyway, that goes. <laughs> yeah, we went to her high school reunion and I was just like sitting by myself the whole time and trying not to trying not to be a cold fish while while she had fun because <laughs> she had a good time there, which was cool. Anyway, I wouldn't mind on. like going to reunion. I think it would be interesting just to see everybody again. I'm a really nostalgic person. So just yeah. kind of like seeing people that I remember sure. would be really nice. And I've run into um, a bunch of them you know, throughout the years, because some of us still live in the area, yeah. and I've, I've seen them at the store or whatever, or I mm-hmm. see them online. A girl I was friends with in elementary school is my my hairstylist now. So <laughs> they're still around, but it would just be nice to see yeah. kind of what everybody's up to and how everybody has changed, and mm-hmm. not not in a judgy way, but just to see everybody again, because, you know, um, it'd be really nice. I, I would enjoy it. I would yeah. I would have loved to have, um, if that had happened to to see everybody again my best my best friends from high school didn't go was part of it too so my best friend in high school um lives in new york now or did at the time and so i haven't seen him in since we graduated pretty much and um so uh, (laughs) you know 
I don't know what we would that talk about. That would have been better. Yeah. Um, yeah um, and then, and then, honestly, one of my really good friends actually passed away in in the meantime. So it was just kind of, uh, it, it, it was what it, it was what it was. Um, so anyway, I, I got to see some people and catch up with some people I hadn't seen in a while. I had some good conversations and uh, reconnected a little bit. But you know, sure. it it wasn't it wasn't the dream moment like right. uh, this this movie <laughs> ends up being. You know. Well, All going right. back to what you were saying about Romeo and Michelle and how they haven't really changed since high school, I think the difference between the two movies is that they haven't changed in the in the good way. Like sure. they haven't changed in the in the way that they've they've stayed true to who they really are, mm-hmm. and they always have like the same the way that they were in high school. Like they got their interests in you know fashion and everything, and they sort of followed through with that, even if they don't do anything professionally, like. Right. Michelle still makes all the clothes and Romy designs them or whatever. So they do it, you know, um, on a smaller level, but they still haven't really lost sight of who they are. And that's right. kind of a beautiful thing, you know, yeah. <laughs> even Whereas though like, Gary is not changed and it's just because he refuses to grow mm-hmm. up essentially. Yeah. yeah. And sometimes their lines come off as like kind of egotistical, but not in a way that, annoys you and they even literally say that at the beginning of the movie when they're getting dressed up to go out and she's like this is the cutest we've ever looked and it's like don't you love how we can just say that and know we're not being conceited yeah i'm trying to do the Romeo voice <laughs> it's really good <laughs> i gotta say that's really good and when they say that it's like i i like that they're kind of being real like that and honestly also the truth about this too and their their friendship is that they actually have something really special in that they were super good friends, you know, throughout high school, and they're they're still friends, and they they see it as a failure that they haven't done some of the mm-hmm. things, you know, that it, the thing that I've talked about before, like and you don't hit all those life milestones that you think you're supposed to hit, like getting married right. and having kids and the career and everything. But really what they have is something that is kind of rare. It's like they found their person and that they've stuck together and they're still this close after all this time. That's a, I think that's a really special thing that they don't even yeah. really seem to realize, you know, not a lot of people have rare. that. Yeah. yeah. And a lot of people mm-hmm. just fall off after high school and they go their mm-hmm. own ways. And just because they're not successful doesn't mean that they're not successful, like personally, you know, like emotionally, they're probably really good for each other that they've stuck together all these years. Sure. And that they have sure. their person with them. Yeah. The, the part where they're going through the yearbook and the high school flashbacks. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's, that's another part I really like because I don't know. It sort of sets up the themes of the movie. Um, this idea that they think they're so bullied, you know, and they are, they are but then the way they treat like sandy and um janine garofalo's character whose name is escaping me right now heather Heather uh, yeah heather mooney um is is another thing and then you know even Mm -hmm. her and uh what toby uh it's just kind of this this cast this unintentional cast system that no one seems to realize they're contributing to yeah it's not it's not that they're just you know sort of thrust into it they're all a, a part of it they're already they're all sort of buying into it without really intending to um and i think that's that's funny 
they're all kind of focused on like what level they are in high school yeah. that they yeah, the, they can't the group, see wherever the yeah they can't see yeah. where everybody else is and even when um romy actually finds out about the reunion is when heather comes because she works uh, romy works at a jaguar dealership or something mm-hmm. and um heather comes in to pick up her car and she's like wow so like you drive a jaguar like what are you doing and i love the way that she always uh, heather always um talks about what she invented you ever hear of her cigarettes i invented the quick burning paper yeah <laughs> like she's just got that line down that she just keeps saying it's very um, funny but even Heather says, like, when they're talking about it and talking about possibly going to the reunion, and she's like, why don't you tell everyone to go fuck themselves for making my teen years a living hell? And Romy kind of laughs it off, like, yeah, sure, okay. Because she didn't, because that's, yeah, like you were saying, like, they can't see that other people were suffering because they felt like they were kind of the, the lowest. It's like, mm-hmm. no, I mean, there's people that are suffering more than you and you, you can't see it because of where yeah. you are. Yeah. Yeah. So do you, did you have a group you were in? A, B, C, D? <laughs> uh, definitely wasn't in the A group. I wasn't in the A group either. But I knew all the girls that would probably be considered the A group, you know? Yeah. Like, we, went to yeah. I, we went to elementary school with all of them. <laughs> the, the rich, popular, pretty girls. Sure. But they, were, they weren't bitches. They were really nice, actually. Like, yeah. I could still be friends with them. <laughs> a lot of times, yeah. And, and that's, the, that's the thing that I think... You know, high school movies have a very delineated cast oh, yeah. system. All of them do. But I, de- I didn't have that experience exactly. It was sort of like, um, it was just sort of like I could, I was sort of, I, I think I mentioned this in the last yeah, episode. Yeah, we talked about this like, with me and Earl and Diane Girl, yeah. Yeah, I was a little bit more like like uh, Greg and that where I could just sort of move around. And I didn't, I didn't. To do sports or anything like that so i wasn't in the a group but i mean the b group if the b group is like the arts people yeah i was yeah. part of that group that's just you know yeah maybe and so it was just uh you know and but it's not like i was uh excluded anywhere i didn't feel i mean i didn't really chase after being popular in any no. way either though i just kind of wanted to be cool with everybody I hope yeah. I was. <laughs> yeah. That is interesting, the conversation that they have when they're talking about, like, they're talking about what group they would have been a part of. Like, well, we weren't in the B group, or we definitely weren't in A group. And it's it's kind of the similar thing as from Me and Earl and Diane Girl, where it's like, you don't know, you, you want to be in a semi-cool place in high school, you know, where you're like... You, Okay, we definitely weren't popular, but we definitely don't want to be unpopular, like, you know, right. the nerdy, like, drama kids or whatever they, they say in this. And it's like, they just wanted to, they even call themselves, lo- like, maybe we were just loners. Right. So they they kind of, maybe they felt like Greg, too, where they were just kind of, like, their own little group and, like, just tried, you just want to, like, stay in the middle. You just want to, like, stay cool and have nothing too bad happen. You just want to survive right. high school. Right, right. And then, you know, obviously, uh, Michelle gets the back brace off, you know, eventually. And then <laughs> that bitch, Christy, Ro- Ro- putting magnets Ro- on oh, her I know, back I know. brace. But, but, but Romy, Romy's line about how she lost the weight. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I was so getting lucky old, getting, getting mana. <laughs> that was like the best diet ever. So. You couldn't help that you had scoliosis. <laughs> I so, love her voice. I'm sorry. I don't know what it's, it's Mira Sorvina is, is doing. Mira Sorvina. I couldn't say her name right. Yeah. What she's doing with that accent. Um, I was reading, like, I think one of the writers or the director or something was from Philadelphia. So it kind of sounded like 
she was trying to do like a valley girl and philadelphia accent kind of mixed together for this and it comes off like really weird but really funny and like kind of interesting to listen to yeah (laughs) i always find myself like trying to talk like her after i watch this movie (laughs) well mira savino is such a terrific actress and um uh this and she won the oscar for mighty aphrodite i mean she's really terrific so um she's good in that movie too but i haven't seen a long time but anyway um well can we just talk about real quick too something else about this movie that is great is that it's so 90s which means mm -hmm. that it's like so like kind of quirky at the costuming and the colors Mm -hmm. are very bright and fun. I mean, especially the costuming on Romy and Michelle, because they're very into like fashion and dressing. Being different though. Yeah. Being different, showing their personality through their clothes and their hair and everything. And it's just, it's never like a boring movie to watch because you're always like, what are they wearing now? (laughs) Especially like when they have the little montage of them trying to get together, get themselves together for the reunion. Uh I, the, the exercise sequences crack right? me up so much, <laughs> especially now. You know, I, yeah, my too. favorite part when they're when they're on the treadmill in and those their big clunky high heel shoes. It's like all that, and I gained a pound. It's like, well, did you deduct sixteen pounds for your shoes? shoes? <laughs> yeah. Uh, they're on well, their and, and there's a there's a line there. It's, just, it's like, all right, to lose one pound a day, we need to burn twice as many calories as we eat. So if we want to burn four thousand calories, we only need to run twenty one miles a day. I think that is so funny <laughs> because I mean, instead of the idea of you know eating less, they're just like you know <laughs> four thousand calories a day. That is un- <laughs> That's That's really funny. It's really funny. <laughs> When they're on the uh, the exercise bikes and they they do the thing where they they jump up, <laughs> right? <laughs> and Romy is like, "Hey, Michelle, what does this remind you?" This reminds you of yeah. It's a very very Beavis and Butthead kind of movie, right? Yeah. yeah. This movie is full of like so many like just little. It's so it's so quirky and like so weird and like really when you're looking at the structure of the movie and like kind of stuff mm-hmm. that it includes, it's a super weird movie and it's like we don't yeah. It, very much of its time but it still right. it still works and it's still a well, lot of fun because Romy's in charge of getting them dates right I, my one of my favorite parts in the whole movie is where she's Romy's at the club and this guy comes up and says, like, you look really good in that suit what do you do he says I'm a suit salesman he says oh well will you excuse me uh, I cut my foot before and my shoe <laughs> is filling up with blood is <laughs> How she comes up with that line, like, it's so fast, it's funny. And then, and then just kind of limps away. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> wonderful. And Michelle has to go out and find a job. Right, right. It's <laughs> like, well, why would, why, would you, uh, why would you have people apply if you're not hiring <laughs> right now? That's all I have to say. Uh, <laughs> and the part where it's like, well, where can we go to meet guys? It's just it's like, hello, my name is Romy, and I'm an alcoholic. <laughs> That made me laugh unreasonably hard. I mean, it, it just because they're talking about like where to meet successful me. guys in yeah. Hollywood, and then yeah. it's then it's like her at an AA meeting, <laughs> which is so wrong. But ju- that killed me. Absolutely killed me. And then they devised the plan to just fake it. 
because they're feeling like they are just having no success. So they decide, okay, we're going to make up that we're successful business women. So I'll get us a car. You make us the clothes and we'll lie about it. Well, cause this is so. kind of the lesson. This is what they learn. Yeah. In the movie is like when they're filling out the application to go to the reunion and it's like asking them questions about like, are you married and your job mm-hmm. and everything? And they're like, Oh, we haven't done any of this. Right. <laughs> And I, it's again, it's those milestones like that I said, you're I, supposed to reach. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, I've felt that really hardcore. It's like I'm almost mm. 40 and I haven't hit some of those milestones. And I probably never will at this point. And it's kind of messed me up in a lot of ways. But, you know, it's, it doesn't always work for everybody. And But there's such pressure. There's such societal pressure to do all that stuff. That right. to impress people to make it seem like you've actually you know quote unquote done something with your life right. so and you and you never know when where things are gonna happen or when things are gonna happen you know like i i've said this before i started out on a career path that i thought i was going to do forever and then you know at 38 i'm starting a new job entirely new career and then all of a sudden at you know, 41, I'm writing my first articles and starting something else so new. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, at 40, I started getting my health in order. I mean, there are all kinds of things. And it was just like, all of a sudden, the motivation was there. I don't know why. You know, it's very weird. So who knows what's going to happen when um, I just happened to be visiting a friend and I met my wife. You know, I mean, it's just. All sorts of things happen yeah. at weird times. You never know how life is going to work out, and it works out differently for everybody. So, you know, who knows? Who knows? That's the thing. But I understand that um, feeling like a failure in, yeah. in some way, even though I don't really think that they're failures at all. No. No, And but they see themselves as that because of, like you were talking about, the societal pressures and because of, you know, what, landmarks are you quote unquote supposed to reach at what time you know and this is only their 10-year reunion i mean yeah it hasn't even really been that long you're still trying to figure out who you are and what you're gonna do i didn't even i didn't even go to my 10-year reunion because i just assumed people were going to be pretty much like they were in high school and i wasn't interested (laughs) in in that at all my 20 years, you're, you're starting to do some different things in your life, you know? Yeah, 10 years, some people might still be in school. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> it's true. I mean, if you're like a grad, yeah, you know, exactly. you're starting to be a doctor or something. I don't know. Okay, what I also love about this little montage of them getting ready is that there's um, a little thing when Romy goes to Singled Out. <laughs> do you remember that, that show? That is pretty funny. Oh, yeah. my God. That's when you know, yeah. like, when it's this like, was You made look a too. little old for this. Maybe try VH1. Our cutoff is 25. Maybe try VH1, which, whatever. I always liked VH1 more anyway. There was always better music VH, on VH1. VH1 had Behind the Music. Yeah. Behind the Music was great. Was. Even though every episode was exactly the same story uh, with a different <laughs> band, it was like, sure. it was awesome. <laughs> I love those. Just um, seeing that was such a nice little trip down. 90s memory lane yeah. you know? <laughs> but yeah. some of the stuff that's also kind of set up in these um flashbacks are important we're introduced to like um romy's crush 
Billy Christensen mm-hmm. and um, the the non talking cowboy guy that Heather keeps yeah. running into. I love that's that. right. <laughs> just thro- got a light and just throws him a cigarette. Yeah. Throws her <laughs> a cigarette her at the floor. Yeah, sorry. And um, and, and Toby Janine Garofalo still scares me after all these what? years. I mean, because of this movie, I think that just you know I'll pull your dick off thing. She just freaks me out. That's the end of the movie. But she's yeah. so funny. I love. I love her. Garofalo. I love. I think she's great. But I uh, think I. I have a. I have some. I have healthy fear of Janine Garofalo. This made me want to watch like the other movie that I love from this time period, The Truth About Cats and Dogs. That cats and Dogs. Yeah. I love that movie. <laughs> yeah. I love that movie. <laughs> yeah. Seeing her always makes me want to watch that again. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So then we're also introduced to Toby, um, mm-hmm. played by Cameron Manheim, who's like one of those. Uh, Super so eager, teacher's pet yeah. kind of, yeah. super involved type person <laughs> that yeah. Heather always tells to fuck off. <laughs> yeah, and then um, Heather's best friend that she's like kind of secretly in love with, Sandy Frank, who is in Sandy love Frank, with Michelle. Yeah. So, those are the important players that are going to come up at this reunion. Yeah. <laughs> then, of course, you know the prom. You have the thing where. And they're dressed um, up like Madonnas. I love it. They're dressed up like Madonnas. Really funny. Um, and Sandy asks Michelle to dance, and she turns him down. And um, and then Christensen. What's his name? Billy Christensen. Billy Christensen. Billy. Such a <laughs> that. It's a name you hear all the time in movies, right? Um. So uh, just uh, sort of tricking Romy and. Well, it's more—it's more Christy that's that's tricking her. Yeah, it's true. Because Billy is just kind of a dummy <laughs> and does what Christy says. Exactly. It's, it's kind true. of a never been kissed kind of like trick on them too, like making her making her wait, thinking that Billy is gonna dance with her, and then they just ride off on his motorcycle together. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. So on the road, they have to figure out what their story is gonna be. So. <laughs> They invented. Do you have some kind of businesswoman special? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's good. Uh, what kind of business are you in? Because they look really good in those suits, by the way. They, they do. They change they into do. those they business suits and they do like yeah. little buns. The hair. With their hair. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. They're looking really good. good. They look, they look the they part, are. but they don't know what business. Yeah. <laughs> they yeah. forgot to think of that part. <laughs> and I think, you know, obviously Heather's idea, she invented the fast burning paper, makes think of yeah inventing something. hey inventing something it's like what is something that nobody knows who invented it how about post-its <laughs> um there's something about that that i've always found really funny too you know it's like oh, i invented post-its i just wanted a t-shirt that says i invented post-its <laughs> but their their breakup oh i know it's so sad it's <laughs> really funny though it's like it was like because i'm the mary cuteness-wise, <laughs> and you're the Rhoda. Well, it's like, what are you talking about? You're Jewish. And it's like, that makes you the Rhoda. It's like, no, no, I'm the Mary cuteness-wise. I'm way cuter than you. There's, You have no proof that you're cuter than me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like the dumbest argument. I know. Uh, <laughs> well, but, it starts you know. out in kind of a, in a different place, though, when because yeah. Romy is saying, like, I think you're more believable as a designer than an inventor, kind of right. implying that she's not as smart, which right. rightfully pisses her off. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. which also makes the whole 
scene in the dream sequence uh-huh. of the reunion really really funny when lisa kudrow just spills out the the formula for glue right is <laughs> It's one of the funniest things, I think. I just It's such a long sequence. And because the movie, too, has already been so weird, you either yeah. never realize it or you don't realize for a long time into this dream sequence that it is a dream sequence or that yeah. something is a little off about it. Because it and definitely it's weird because it's like, like it could it's work. shared. It's like a shared dream sequence. Uh-huh. It's like they're it's like because you some of it's from Romy's point of view and some of it's from michelle's point of view and so uh-huh. it's it's like this like they share a brain you know that sort of shared brain fantasy thing and it's really um clever how it's played out well i also think it's kind of important because it's important because it's michelle who's having the dream because you know mm. they decide they're just gonna when when they get to tucson they're just gonna go their separate ways and I guess she falls asleep in the car right outside of the reunion so this is where that's where she has this long dream but she's still thinking about Romy, like within the dream, because yes. in her dream mm-hmm. they both get what they want. Yeah, but they go off their separate ways. But they still go their separate ways, and they're still yeah. thinking about each other. They still miss yeah. each other at the end, yeah. and like there's a whole thing about like getting the medal at the reunion for you know, who won for <laughs> most like, change for I, the better. <laughs> I couldn't find my top. <laughs> couldn't find my top. And Michelle goes off with Sandy and Romy gets Billy. So she still wants the best for her best friend, you know, like subconsciously, um, even though they've had this fight, which is kind of sweet. But then it goes to like 70 years later. (laughs) 70 years later. That's when you're kind of like, okay, something's a little off about this. (laughs) And of course, Sandy got Sandy got his a new face. Yeah. It's like it's like when I got rich, I I got myself a new face. Right. (laughs) It's really funny. And Romy's um, on her deathbed. It's like, not until you admit that I'm the Mary. I'm the Mary. No, no I'm, I'm the, the Mary. Mary. I mean, and honestly, even even in 1997, for young people seeing this movie, that's kind of an obscure reference. I mean, Mary Tyler Moore show. I know, right? <laughs> hadn't been on for you know almost 20 years by that point. So I bet no uh, one would get it now. I bet the yeah, you know, these yeah, these kids today or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> they probably wouldn't get that now. <laughs> No, I got you. I have never seen, I've seen like clips from the Mary Tyler Moore show, but I've never watched it. So I think I've seen maybe a episode, but I know the yeah. reference. <laughs> yeah, I know the reference, but that's, it's, yeah. But okay, when they get to the, the actual reunion, some stuff is still yeah sort of the same as the dream in a way. Yep. The, the A group is still together. They're still like they're all pregnant except for one which brings about there's one that's that there's the (laughs) yeah that's a great element that was another (laughs) yeah that was another thing from the from the flashback was that um i forgot to mention that yeah there was the one girl from the a group that was kind of the outlier that was still afraid to right like voice her own opinion at the time because it was um i don't know her name but she is the stepmom from the parent trap is how i remember yeah (laughs) you're right (laughs) i forgot about that yeah Uh Uh uh-huh yeah because she in the flashback she kind of uh compliments like their clothes or whatever and she does it again um at the reunion and of course she grows up working for vogue and everything so i like that they added her character in too is like kind of representing that the bad influence that uh click like that can have on somebody and how people so desperately want to be part of the 
the popular group, even though they recognize that they're being mean and horrible to other people, but that's still like, that's how high school can go sometimes where it's like, you just want to, you want to be a part of the popular group. So you're not bullied like the way that they bully people is kind of what it feels like, you know? Yeah. So was that, uh, what's her name? Lisa Luter. Was that, uh, the character's that sounds, name? That sounds right. Yeah. Yeah. Elaine, yeah. Elaine Hendricks is the name of the actress. Okay. Yeah. And parent, I love her. there we go. Parent trap is the first yeah. thing that comes up. Yeah, she's. She looks very cool at the reunion too. She's got the short hair. Yeah, and, yeah, the suit and everything. She looks. She, mm-hmm. Yeah, looks. Um, and I lo- is it Romy? I think it's Romy that, that goes up to the A group and <laughs> when she's talking uh, to Christy about like, oh, this is baby number three, and she's like, wow, three kids. You must be really tied down. <laughs> I, love <that. laughs> I love that line. <laughs> that actually really cracked me up because. <laughs> I have, have three kids. I have three kids, yeah. <laughs> so. But it's just the thing is like, well, people have different priorities. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Neither one of them is bad. Right. <laughs> just, you can just tell like that, that that definitely wouldn't be the life for Romy. Well, at least with, not yet. With Christy, <laughs> you know? it's all a sham though. It's completely fake. Oh, yeah. So Absolutely. Then, of course, just bursting the bubble unintentionally, really, about post-its there yeah. you know she's heather blows the heather, cover heather blows the cover by saying no it was invented by some guy named i can't remember the name art something of art fry of the 3m company and it's like um okay and and it's totally unintentional she because she she hates christy more than she hates romy <laughs> you know <Yeah. laughs> it's there's there's no doubt about that so it's like well only one person knew so what's the big deal and then Christy's still being a jerk, though. He has and to just announce it to, announce the whole it to room. everybody. Yeah. Oh, there's another fun, like, 90s line, too, I think, at this part. Because I wrote it down. Because <laughs> she's got a... Because Romy also acquired for them a flip phone. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Hey, that... if anybody needs to make a call, I've got a phone. <laughs> Giant brick that she had. I know. Yeah, it's pretty funny. That made me crack up, too. Yeah. Well, and then this is where, of course, it all comes together, right? Where they, Romy and Michelle kind of make up and they hanging out together. It's like, I never knew we weren't that great in high school. Okay. Well, before that. <laughs> okay. I'm, sorry. I'm, no, no, no. Just, that, um, was the when, next, that was the next note I had. Sorry. Well, it's when I think it's important too when Michelle confronts the, the A group uh, yeah. about that. After their cover is blown and ever, and Michelle comes over and they're they they're taunting her with like, oh look, it's back brace girl, you know, hi back mm. brace girl, and she just there's something about the way she says, oh shut up, like it's not like a valley girl, like oh shut up, it's like a more mature kind yeah. of response because she's finally realizing she's like, this isn't this is like I can't believe like you are the people that we've been trying to impress. You know, like yeah. that, that's when she's finally having that realization, you know, it's like you haven't changed at all since high school, literally, like you haven't grown up or matured. And it's like we kind of have more than you have, even though the, we still right. like, kind of act the same, you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're still not jerks to people for no reason because of that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then they have that. Yeah. That conversation, which, yes, I've always loved that message that she sent she says to to Romy is like I never knew we weren't that great in high school like I had a blast because yeah. we were best friends and I had you you know it's basically what she's saying I that's kind of how I, how I felt about my high school experience too it's like yeah sure I wasn't like super popular but I had my my core group of friends sure. and we had fun together so exactly it was exactly. great exactly that's right 
That's right. And, you know, those are the things that are, it's like my parents always told us, you know, don't worry about the quantity of friends, just the quality, you know, find yourself some really, really good friends and just have fun while you can, because it doesn't last forever, frankly, you know, it's the older you get, the harder it is to have those kinds of things. So, um, them just saying, okay, fine, we're going to be who we are. Um, getting on their clothes and just that angle as they're walking back into the reunion in their, in their, just as who they are. Uh, Same colorful is, clothes. Yeah. Nothing is going to stop and, yeah. them. Yeah. There's a swagger to what they're doing. So um, you're so bossy and domineering. I like it. <laughs> me too. I love the whole like me too throughout the, uh, me too. Throughout the uh, movie. Uh, too. Yeah. It's really funny. <laughs> It's um, kind of silly, but it also, again, it kind. I think even that just kind of represents like the closeness of mm-hmm. the two of them, you know, like, yeah. and that's something that I think they kind of learn too. even though they're still kind of the same person. They, they've, it seems like they've also kind of learned how to be more confident separate from each yes. other because they, mm-hmm. they kind of had that time where they broke a up moment, for a little yeah. bit. Yeah. 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 I mean, obviously, in the course of the movie, it's yeah, it's, it's exaggerated how meaningful it is, you know, yeah. but but it, it works for the story that's being told. Mm-hmm. Um, and when they confront the A group, th- the line that really gets me is when Romy just calls out Christy for who she really is and says, well, you're a bad person with an ugly heart. I, I think that uh, that word, that ugly heart thing is really powerful and we don't give a flying fuck what you think is how freeing is that you know for them but also for you know just viewers watching the movie that's i mean it's very blatant though this is the message message. of the movie but it's it works and it's funny the way it's delivered and and it it's it's really powerful and then Christy trying to strike back and and then you know the Vogue editor stepping in yeah. and saying <laughs> well as a fashion or, editor for Vogue yeah. you know I think she, she was trying to insult them make clothes. fun of their clothes yeah. yeah and she says well actually I think they they have nice lines then a frisky fresh frisky use of color yep. <laughs> um, I say they're not bad Yep. I think that's a good line. I, I just because she doesn't praise over praise it either, but it's but it's it's enough to take Christy down a peg, and then you know again Christy has, has to fight back. Well, at least we're all happily married, and that's right, Christy. You just keep telling <laughs> keep yourself telling yourself that, that yeah. <laughs> that and that's kind that's of the death knell. That's the death <laughs> yeah. knell, and and the thing is when when and then obviously. When she, Billy comes when she runs in, into Billy. Yeah. right? We see he, it is a sham. It is you know he's he's screwing around on her all the time, and um, they don't even live together with, anymore. I don't, even... I don't know if it's mine. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, that line that you know we don't give a flying fuck what you think is pretty much the message of the movie, but it's still an important one. And it's like one that as you get older, like you really wish you could 
tell kids in high school now that that's that's really what it's like <laughs> that it yeah. really as important as high school seems like right now while you're in it it's not mm-hmm. at all it is such a small part of your life in the long run that you really shouldn't i don't know you know you just like you wish they wouldn't um wouldn't get so hurt over like you know being popular or being being cool it's like no just Mm -hmm. find your friends and and have fun like romy michelle do you know yeah like don't please don't worry about what other people think because it's not gonna matter (laughs) it really doesn't matter at all like i barely remember most of high school which i'm sure like and i know that my experience was actually positive and a lot of people like did not have positive experiences in high school and i i get that but um you know, just for the most part, you wish you could say that, like, these people don't really matter. What they think of you doesn't matter. And it's mm-hmm. you're going to you're going to have a good life <laughs> beyond this. I promise. Yes. Yes. Then we have another great moment. I think that is another when, underscores when Heather, another theme. Yeah. Heather and Heather Toby. And and the whole thing is like when um, Heather comes up to Romy and Michelle and is like, oh, you. I had no idea that they were that the A group was making your life a living hell because I felt like you were making mine a living hell. And And then then, then she says, "And then Toby comes up." (laughs) I didn't. I didn't make anyone's life hell. Yeah, yeah. It's like, like, what? (laughs) And the thing is, Romeo and Michelle know that that she did, uh, which is funny. Um, Like you were, like you were really. What they say, you were really unpleasant. Really unpleasant. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Toby comes up and is like, "Well." Please don't tell me to fuck off because it really hurt my feelings. Yeah. I hurt your feelings. Tremendous. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I'd be happy to sign your yearbook. Yeah. That's, that's, <laughs> that's kind of a, an amazing thing. Uh, I, I really like that scene. It sounds um, like she's being kind of mean about it, but I think you get it. You no, get it, see, I think she's, she's really sincere about it. Yeah. You know, yes. but and then, and then I love the part where Sandy comes in. And he's rich, and he's comes in in a helicopter. It's Alan Cumming, right? And he's he's just confident. And then Heather sees him and goes, "That's Sandy Frank." What was I thinking? thinking. Yeah. You know, just just walks away. I love that. How she's she's not attracted to him. Whereas Michelle, I don't know. She's it's a little bit like, oh, she's attracted to him now. Because you know, yeah, whatever. I don't know that I really that, that, feel that's not that's not the best necessarily the best message of in the movie, but it is what it is. It's funny though; it is funny. I like that it ends up being Heather and Cowboy Clarence because yes, they're kind of fun together. <laughs> I love but yeah, that. I don't really, I don't really believe the <laughs> Michelle. Well, and, and the thing, thing is, <laughs> here's much. what I think. I don't know. Here's what I think is at the ending though. Is after uh, by the way the time after time dance is one of the fun is one of the funniest things I've ever seen in a movie ever because it's making fun of I, th- I think I think what it's doing is it's making fun of that like big like synchronized prom dance thing yeah that teen movies do but they're doing this like really weird interpretive dance thing yeah <laughs> it's it's so ridiculous and it is so it's weird so and it's, funny. And it goes on for so long, but it's somehow it works. I don't know what it is about the song Time After Time, but I Uh love that song. It's It's kind kind of of an amazing song. Yeah. Yeah. Here's what I think. Okay. So they go off in the helicopter with Sandy at the end and it shows them, you know, and then they see, you know, uh, Heather and 
cowboy Clarence down there making out, which is pretty great. Um, The scene between them before that, uh, between uh, Heather and Clarence is really sweet too. Cause like, I was, I was just a jerk in high school. I was, I was shy and I had a stutter and you know, the reason, the reason. That's another, that's another layer too. Cause Mm -hmm. Heather felt kind of like hurt by the way this guy would never like talk to her. Like, cause just kind of like, flick his mm-hmm. cigarette at her and but he again is another thing where it's like you don't you know. don't know what yeah. people are silently suffering with yeah yeah, yeah. He, and he was really shy and he had a stutter so he didn't want to like to talk to people yeah but i kind of wonder okay so when it flashes forward and they have their store i assume that mm-hmm. sandy like funded the store for them yeah and there's no guarantee in that closing scene that michelle and and sandy are anything more than friends I, I think that because that's not the important relationship at the end of the movie. The important relationship is Romy and Michelle and yeah. they're here doing this thing together and being successful together, being who they are. And um, as I recall, and this is what I was going to bring up. Okay. So this uh, movie was written by Robin Schiff. Okay. Now she wrote, it was either a play or a short story called Romeo and Michelle's high school reunion. So it created that. Then the movie was based on that. And then there was a, uh, musical that it was, it was very short lived. It didn't, it didn't set the world on fire, but it was really cute. It was pretty good. I saw it at, um, our local theater, okay. uh, the fifth Avenue theater up in Seattle workshopped a lot of, of shows that ended up going to Broadway. Uh, Hairspray is the big triumph of, uh, of Seattle fifth Avenue. Okay. So this was one of those and um, it was good. It was good. It was, uh, but I, as I recall at the end of that show, Sandy and Michelle are not together. They're just friends. And um, that's kind of the feeling that you get. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, yeah, it didn't work out, but whatever. He's still in business with us. He's an investor in our, shop kind of feel that makes and they're still friends with heather too right which i think is right which i really like that little element at the end it is a nice touch um because i mean she's an la businesswoman and um Mm -hmm. yeah so that that all makes sense and i like that you know they see themselves as helping her (laughs) you know (laughs) which is pretty funny and and really kind of sweet to be honest and they do they have they might seem again like they're kind of egotistical and like don't really know what they're talking about they have really good hearts and really good intentions they do yeah absolutely and yeah that what's it's what makes their characters kind of lovable uh as they yeah. continue to everything continues to go on with them you really root for them by the end of the movie absolutely. Um, so i don't think there's a point let's in the scarves. movie where you don't let's fold scarves and yeah. they look like they have no <laughs> idea what they're doing at the end there yeah so my wife noticed that she's like they don't look like they know how to fold scarves <laughs> so, <Right. laughs> anyway but again they're being who they are mm-hmm. they're doing what they want to do mm-hmm. and yeah they're still together and they're still friends and they've extended their friendship, you know, to Heather again, and probably to Sandy. That's what I think is um, going on. It's like you kind of you meet up with people that you didn't really click with, and now even though they're still super different from both Heather and Sandy, it kind of feels like they would all be like a fun little friend group now. Absolutely, that that they're older, you know. Yeah, 
Yeah. That's what it, that's what it kind of feels like at the end. Yeah. Yeah. I really like th- that they kind of all find each other and yeah. um end up sort of reluctantly liking each other. <laughs> you know, <laughs> right. it's it's pretty good. Heather, and the, yeah. they haven't changed. They're still the same. Heather is still the same like sarcastic, but she I think she really likes Romeo and Michelle. I think now, so you too. You know, like in in her way. Yeah. <laughs> but well, she well, but she still hasn't changed. She can't she can't in her show it. Yeah, I mean, right. Yeah. So <laughs> she doesn't show it the same way. She doesn't in her own way. Just kind of like tolerating them. Yeah. It seems like, exactly. but I think she really does like that. I agree. I and agree. she like wants to be. She wanted to be accepted. Yeah. By them, and yeah. they they all wanted to be expect, accepted by. Mm-hmm. They thought they wanted to be accepted by the A group when really maybe they just wanted people. They needed. They really needed people that were going to be actual friends to them, like yeah. Heather and Sandy. Yeah. So that's another message. Good message from the movie. Yeah. Okay, this movie just never fails to charm yeah. me. Good, I know. Lots of so fun. Nice. nice movie. Feel good movie. And I went away, big old grin on my face. Yeah. Once again, it always makes me happy. Yeah. And now, time for the best unofficial remake of invasion of the body snatchers <laughs> i think it's and there have been a few there have been a few um i think halloween 3 has a little bit of that i love yeah. halloween 3 love 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 halloween 3 um there was another one i was thinking of i don't know why it's escaping me at the moment but um yeah uh I, i'm sure i'll think of it later but this one i think is it just really really works um and i love the way that uh, Edgar the world's Wright end we're talking yeah about the, now, world's the, end. <laughs> the world's end the world's end and I was right 2013 is correct but I I think this script is just so smartly written oh my god uh, I had by to Edgar stop Wright and Simon Pegg yeah yeah every line is worth writing down just about everything and it goes so fast yeah Every connection they make yeah. from the beginning of the movie to the end of the movie is just, oh, they are, and they, we've seen this before, too, in Shaun of the Dead and Hot Fuzz, mm-hmm. the way that they can, they set up the whole movie and everything that they set up at the beginning pays off, every single yeah. little thing, even stuff that you don't even realize until you've seen this a couple of times. Yeah, yeah, like so they, like, I, said, like, I had to stop taking notes. I, I, everything, I was like, the everything whole thing, is a connection. Everything is brilliant. The the whole thing about you know Nick Frost's character saying something about my wife tried to to get us to go organic, and I just mm-hmm. like eating yeah. shit. You know, and it's that ties in at the end again, and yep. which you know is when we get the Cornetto moment. You know, for from know. from this movie, it's. Just, <laughs> everything there's a little uh, there's a little shot in the in a flashback of young andy like during their uh their pub crawl um kind of like ripping his shirt open like get going having a fight right does that later on in the movie yeah there is um one of the special features on the sean of the dead um blu-ray that i absolutely love watching is the flip chart that edgar wright and simon Pegg created for the movie for um like just kind of the structure sure of it they made they made this one of those big like you know big pieces of paper it's a flip chart uh-huh. and they go through all the little plot points um of it with like cute little drawings and stuff but it really kind of shows like how much they're thinking about every single little thing mm-hmm. that goes into 
the scripts that they write. Yeah. And it's so smart and so brilliant. And they're like, okay, yeah, we're doing, we're setting up the whole movie here. Like we get, we know what we're doing. You yeah. know, they're, they're, they're so smart. Yeah. I know. I know we're kind of doing the third Cornetto film first here. Yeah. Uh, we've, we haven't touched on either of the first two. Uh, though we've talked about it, so I mean it could Talk still wanting to. could yeah. still happen because I I mean I honestly feel like I could do all of Edgar Wright's filmography and just I, we have we have um, so I think this is personally my favorite one of the Edgar Wright movies that I can remember um, and it, but it's hard to choose uh, this is because all three of the Cornetto films are great. Yeah. I, they're really, really wonderful movies. Um, very funny, very smart. Um, the structure is just kind of brilliant. Uh, this one probably ties into Shaun of the Dead, uh, you know, in that they're both genre, um, you know, science fiction, horror kinds mm-hmm. of things uh, where Hot Fuzz is obviously, you know, cop dramas. So yeah. <laughs> um, you ain't seen Bad Boys too. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. So. I actually yeah. haven't seen either of the Bad Boys movies, uh, so <laughs> there's three uh, now. There's uh, any of the Bad Boys movies, so <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know. Like right now, just because I've been thinking about it so much more, maybe The World's End is my favorite. Maybe when I'm more of a horror mood, Shaun of the Dead is my favorite. Maybe when I'm, I think Hot Fuzz kind of has kind of a more special place yeah, <laughs> in my yeah. heart. I love that one so much. Uh, we but it's watched... really like whatever whatever mood I'm in, like any yeah. one of these three could be yeah. my favorite. I can't make a choice. Yeah. And we watched, uh, for family night, we watched uh, Scott Pilgrim versus the world one mm-hmm. day too. And it was just like, wow, this is really good too. So yeah. I, I, I haven't seen Baby Driver in a long time, but uh and I, I, I need to watch the Sparks documentary. I haven't watched that one yet. Um, what? There's he, Edgar Wright did a documentary on on the Sparks brothers, um, who were just key musician, very important, influential musicians that no one's ever heard of, quote unquote. So um, it's it's a, it's supposed to be really great. Um, okay. And I've already expressed my love for. Last night in Soho, though that is apparently an unpopular opinion, but I don't Hello. care because I, I just and I like it more every time I see it. Is the thing I, I really like Last Night in Soho. I think it really holds up to multiple viewings, and that's one of the things that's great about Edgar Wright is I think all of them do. Oh, yeah. uh, they they're just kind of get more fun. They get more. You sort of get the depth and the thought of what's going on. You notice the way it was put together. Um, and that's one of the things while watching this, I was like, Oh yeah, I, I can see how the choreography in this relates to like the dance sequence in the last night in Soho, mm-hmm. you know, like sure. the, the bathroom fight in this movie, for example, the first yeah. bathroom <laughs> fight. I was like, Whoa. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I can see how this would prepare him to do that last night in Soho thing. And again, it's with everything being so involved. Uh, yeah yeah like within the writing like you could watch this movie and then like i what i did is kind of i went right back to the beginning and that's where i saw some of those things that pay off at the end that you kind of forget that you saw already at the beginning 
but they and that's just kind of like update it. And I don't know. That's it's, one it's of the so, things Edgar Wright so likes smart. to do. That's, he does. He likes to tell you exactly what the he, movie's going to be at the beginning of the yeah, movie. Yeah, he does. Um, so <laughs> which I kind of love about him. It's pretty clever the way he does it, though. It's really smart and um, well planned, and I think um, just the pub crawl thing, just Gary King's story at the beginning of this, uh-huh. is really funny the way that simon Pegg narrates it is mm-hmm. beautiful and then at the end, introducing the characters as young people what they were all like mm-hmm. when they were young and how they've changed but also certain things that have stayed the same when they're older uh obviously gary is pretty much exactly the same or or <laughs> thinks he is or wishes he could be exactly the same as he was when he was younger but you know, that sets up the whole idea of the Golden Mile pub crawl uh, through Newton Haven. Um, you have all 12 pubs. <laughs> 12 pubs, which are very aptly named. Yeah. Again, another like little thing that he, Edgar Wright and Simon Pegg sneak in there. Like the names of the pubs are actually very important to like yeah. what happens. All of the plot points. That I, we're going to be probably like really <laughs> like just into like they're so smart i can't i'm it's, not gonna be really, able to stop saying it because it's i i love the way that they they write and the way that they put movies together it's just it's uh, yeah well, makes me so excited to talk about them even though like i'm sure there's stuff that there's stuff that i'm probably missing because um i actually haven't seen this one too much but like i said just watching it again like right after watching it after not having seen it for a while it's like Oh my god, I missed I missed that or I yeah, see that connection. Yeah. <laughs> it's just And it's funny. I think of the Cornetto trilogy, this is the one I've seen the most. I it's one that I found myself just kind of drawn to. I loved it the first time I saw it. And then I I got it on Blu-ray, so I watched it again and then uh it was on HBO Max, so I just turned it on one day, you know, that kind of thing. So you just kind of I just tend to press play on it a lot. Um, and I actually have a Blu-ray release that has all three of it, three of them on it. And so, and they all had a digital download. So I have all three on digital, so I can just easily go in and just turn any of them on. And this tends to be the one that I turn on. I I don't know why that is exactly. Um, because they're all great, but, um, the way that, Simon Pegg tells the story as Gary King and says, I just had this feeling that life would never feel this good again. And you know what? It never did. And then it's just like the most sad thing as it goes from this hyper exciting, fun uh, montage, best night of your life. life, And then it shows him sitting in (laughs) like a support group, like an AA group telling this story about how his life has never gotten better and he's pushing 40. But the thing is the way he delivers it all, it's, it's like, and then, and then the other guy in the group saying, so are you upset (laughs) about what? That you didn't get to the world's end? No. And then the look on his face is like, (laughs) (laughs) wait a minute. (laughs) So that's, that's very, um, so, and the reason why this is obviously a high school reunion is because it's connection with not your whole class, but just with these five, co- these five guys um, that, and, and what that 
means now compared to then. And what I like about it too, especially like watching this, having already seen the movie and like watching that beginning part, you don't really know the depth just yet of how far Gary has gone down and you can, but you can kind of see it a little bit like in the way that he says certain lines in this beginning part when he's trying to put on that facade of like, Oh, I'm still the same old Gary. Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, that Simon, kind of breaks your heart because Pegg, this one Simon Pegg yeah. is so good in this. I mean, it's 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 he there's is on a, a different level. Yeah, I don't know if I've ever seen him give a performance yeah. quite this good. Um, it's it's got a lot going on, and you can see that he's yes. really thought this through and is visibly kind of wrestling with these ideas of recapturing youth but growing up and not growing up and you know sort mm-hmm. of a stunted totally growing up. reality yeah. and arrested <laughs> development all these things that are yeah, happening yeah. in him and sort of the ecstasy and the tragedy of it at the same time it's it's very very well done it's um yeah uh and, and this I, one go ahead. wasn't as well I, was just, I remember this one at first when it came out this movie not being as popular as not being as well liked it, it as wasn't the other movies very well received, I didn't because um it's much more adult mm-hmm. it's much darker it's dealing mm-hmm. with a little bit darker themes uh much more serious stuff so um i think it took i think it just took a little bit while for, a little while for people to latch on to it but now yeah. i see a lot of people saying that this is their favorite or oh, okay especially relating to it more as adults Simon Pegg just recently said that this was his favorite one of the three, which I thought was interesting too. Yeah. And I can and I, see why I, though. I, I, I understand why. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. He's got a lot. You more can see how much growth. Yeah. Yeah. You can see how much growth both he and Edgar Wright have gone through as mm-hmm. actors and director between Shaun of the dead and this movie. There's a lot that's happened to both of them in that time. Mm-hmm. And Simon Pegg looks old in this movie to me, you know, I think he looks older than he actually was at the time. Somehow he just kind of has the, the, the wrinkles seem to be emphasized and, you know, the bags <laughs> under his eyes in certain shots. So I love how it introduces all of the guys one by one so that you can, I, cause now I, I watching this and watching it really close like I did for this was I was able to keep everyone completely in mind and straight and I knew who everyone was and I really like that we start with uh, Peter we find out immediately he's a car salesman he works in his dad's um, he it's played by Eddie Marzen uh, he works in his dad's dealership and has since high school <laughs> so. <laughs> Again, yes, he's grown up, but he's also kind of tethered to this younger self as well. Um, We have the wife and two kids. It's like, this time we're going to see it through to the bitter end or the lager end. I I don't (laughs) know. And, and, you know, it sort of reintroduces all the characters one at a time. And I and I like how that's Just done. who they are now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, next, we meet Stephen, who's uh, architect, uh, Patty Constant- Considine, um, who... Who's hilarious and hot he's, Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he's, um, he's divorced and seeing a 26-year-old fitness trainer. 
pedophile. <laughs> well, and the thing that's funny too, funny too, because in the in the original, they're all Gary, Ollie, Pete, Steve, and Andy, right? And now they're mm-hmm. Peter, Stephen, Oliver, and Andrew. You know, yeah. it's it's <laughs> that's uh, true. Pretty funny. Um. Oh, and, and that their last names. Yeah. Again, like I don't. I don't really, I didn't uh, look too deeply into this, but I did kind of catch that all their last names are kind of royalty mm-hmm. in some ways or like positions yeah. in royalty. So it's Gary King, Peter Prince, um, Oliver Chamberlain, I think, or I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's, I think I meant Stephen. I have it in front of me if you want me to do it. So it's Gary King, uh, Andrew Knightley, who is Nick Andrew Fra- Knightley. Yeah. All, Oliver Chamberlain is Martin Freeman's character. Then they get the other two mixed up. Yeah, Stephen Prince. Stephen and Prince and Peter Page. Peter Page. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. which I think, and you know, Page is kind of worked because you know he was the younger one, right, that hung around with him. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So we go and we find Oliver O Man because he has oh, a uh, <laughs> birthmark in the shape of a six on his head. Not um, anymore. Omen, yeah. It's called laser surgery. It's called laser surgery. Yeah. It's like, so he's a he's an estate agent, and then Andrew, he's a corporate lawyer. I think they don't say that till later. He's also sober now, and has been for sixteen years. I haven't had to drink in sixteen years. You must be thirsty then. Um, and then Gary is everything is the same. Same clothes. He listens to the same music. He still has the same pub map he has the same car it's the same mixed tape you know he hasn't (laughs) changed anything well the thing about that is i haven't i know this is a like this is a really really long time this isn't like romeo michelle where it's only been 10 years this is probably like 20 something years almost yeah i think so i think that's what it's supposed to be yeah and like all the guys are completely like grown up and professional and they've you know put behind all their personality i sort of found that that's that's not really true though like you don't i feel like that's still kind of an exaggeration that you completely leave your old personality and interest i don't think they do entirely yeah Mm -hmm. i think they get it back uh, like throughout the throughout the night you kind of see their personality is kind of coming back but when they're first introduced it kind of just feels like they're they're blanks basically <laughs> like right no know? one is no one is one to one what yeah. they were when they were a kid like in like in broadcast news but also no one is completely different yeah. either I, I i love i mean he hasn't even changed his registration on his car <laughs> it's still which is why he has all the why peter has all the points against his license uh that's pretty funny um but i i do love though what he talks about it's like, yeah, I had to change the brakes, suspension <laughs> wheels, you know, it's like, but otherwise it's exactly the same. <laughs> Chairs, <Yeah>. seats, <laughs> everything. <laughs> so getting pulled over by the cop, all those things are, uh, they, they, all those things set it up as they go into Newton Haven, take a look at it in his regular color. It's in its original color boys. Cause tonight we paint it red. Blue uh, actually. So. But. <laughs> <laughs> But they don't know, yeah, that, they don't know that. It's like we've got blood in our hands. <laughs> it's actually more like ink. Got, oh, we have ink on our hands. <laughs> yeah. But well, the thing is, I the hints there are very, very, very subtle hints that that the robots have taken over. But you only really get that on 
on subsequent viewings. Yeah. The first time through, it's just like it's very much just a reunion of these five guys and their interactions. Like the first half hour or more of the movie, there's not really any of that going on. And, and it's just like it waits as long as it possibly can before it reveals. And I think it's just perfect. <laughs> This it's just the perfect moment. I remember being really to reveal surprised that, by that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just like because you kind of get in the groove with these guys, you know, um, and they're all about to leave, and then robots. there's robots. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's 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 pretty brilliant. So, and I think there's um, subtle hints at the beginning too, just again, cause I was kind of focusing a little bit more on Gary kind of just knowing like what he's trying to do in the movie, like what he's been through and like what he's trying to reclaim and, you know, all that kind of stuff. The, the whole time at the beginning when he's trying to get the guys together, it seems like he hasn't changed. It seems like he's a bad friend. Like he doesn't, right. he doesn't know like the, his friend's wife's name or whatever, like right. that kind right. of stuff. And it, it seems like he's kind of a bad friend person and he's like annoying and flashy and egotistical and he won't shut up or whatever but i, I think just and he's always right he's always right it's useless arguing with yeah. it's pointless arguing with you <laughs> but again yeah. just kind of like knowing the ending and like knowing everything that he's hiding it i find this really sad kind of watching that it is you know? it is I watching know. him try to be that same guy for himself and for his friends is kind of sad mm-hmm. Ugh. It's really got it, to be. It just takes on, it just takes on a whole new level when you watch it again, and that's I think the performance is really remarkable because it it hits the tightrope, you know, between comedy and tragedies beautifully. Sometimes within um, the same like scene, and it does it yeah. really good. <laughs> yeah. No. Uh, so. Am I missing anything from the setup or should we just head straight to the pub? Okay, crawl? let's just go to the pub crawl. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the first post and they walk in. It's like, oh, it hasn't changed a bit. It's like, actually, it has entirely changed. Uh, bought out by a corporation. They call it Starbucking, which I think is really yeah. funny. <laughs> it's like, yeah, but they can't get rid of the smell. <laughs> it's like, well, I'm, I'm, sure, they I'm tried. sure they tried. <laughs> yeah. And he orders the whole thing with ordering the beer, and they only have the one beer. Another kind of royal name, crowning glory. Crowning glory. Oh, appropriate, (laughs) you know, because I'm the king, King. Gary King. And they're just looking at him like he's insane. (laughs) Uh, Does it have the, it's like, describe it to me. Do you have that? (laughs) Oh, what he is says? it uh, like nutty or foamy? Uh, no, I don't have the whole thing. Yeah. Does it, oh, okay. does it have a surprising, so have surprisingly a f- fruity note that lingers fruity on the note tongue? That lingers on the tongue. It's beautiful how that comes back yes. because that it's you know regurgitating exactly what he said uh, later on, and um, also you know because they're cause by the because by that time they're tr- the robots are like trying to seduce mm-hmm. him, you know. To, to join them and also the little speech that he gives to the lady at the B and B and then it comes back later mm-hmm. when they're like at the end of the world and he does it again to the, yeah. the bartender at the end. <laughs> I wrote that one yeah. down. Cause I, I thought that, was, that writing was really funny too. 
Tonight we'll be partaking of a liquid repast as we wind our way up the golden mile. <laughs> that yeah. whole thing. I love that. And love the way it's, he is love the way that's written and the way that he uh performs it. Leave a light on, good lady, for though we may return with a twinkle in our eyes, we will in truth be blind. Drunk. <laughs> Drunk. Yeah. Very cute. Um But he orders, okay, we'll have five of those then, and says, Oh, We'll have four of those and a tap water. And this way it pushes in on Simon Pegg's face. And what? <laughs> <laughs> it's very funny. Do you think it's like I can't imagine a man of your power, your legendary prowess drinking rain. rain. <laughs> <laughs> Do the, you think King Arthur, King Arthur when he. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> The, the the whole line where he says he'd be drinking fine they didn't have beer back then it's like fine he'd be drinking mead yeah. the king arthur of beers yeah. is that's a great line it's, so it's just it's the so lines in this movie like just come so quick again like we said we've said yeah. like we we could write down like every single thing that's said and every every exchange is just so funny to me yeah, it's not yeah. very PC. Gary. Oh my god, get out of the nineties, Peter! And like his <laughs> facial expressions. Oh my god, I don't know. It's just, <laughs> it's so good. Yeah. yeah. Then of course we're introduced to. Uh, he says it before when they're in the car, but he t- says, "All right, let's boo boo." Well, you remember from our English class, "Exit pursued by a bear." Yeah, from the Winter's Tale. Yeah, whatever. Uh, and. <laughs> It went from exit pursued by a bear to exit pursued bear. by a yogi bear to let's yogi and boo boo yogi and boo boo <laughs> to let's boo boo <laughs> yeah which is actually um, another kind of brilliant thing because that's exactly how like inside jokes between friends work absolutely. too yeah and none of them remember it though that's what's kind of funny about it um, I think we need to adopt let's boo boo yeah. Okay, so instead of let's shoot this fucker, we're going to say let's boo boo. <laughs> well, I don't know. I don't know if we can drop let's shoot this fucker. That's a good one, too. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. Um, so next we move on to the old familiar. and Which is it important is, because. It's exactly, <laughs> exactly the same. same. As the first one. <laughs> exactly the same as the first post. Uh, so it, it's that's really a funny yeah, game too because and, and he walks into <laughs> doesn't he's like now this is a pub and it's like it looks exactly the same as the one they were just in yeah so and then we we have um, Sam Oliver's sister uh, who we should mention uh, I totally forgot Gary and she was in this <laughs> yeah yeah Gary she and Gary had in the uh, twenty years before or yeah. twenty is it. 23 because it was 1990 yeah. to 2013 yeah. um had uh, they had sex in the uh in the bathroom when she was <laughs> they were 17 yeah. or whatever and so that's another part that's a funny um, part of him like telling the story yeah. is like uh, we bumped into her in the bar and then we went to the disabled and bumped into then her again bumped in her again <laughs> yeah yeah but he and he follows her in. It's like, oh, it's our thing. She'll she'll know what. I, why are you following me? Because you said you were going to the bathroom. He gave the sign. Like, <laughs> he gave the sign. <laughs> then she actually gives him the sign, the out of order sign. Yeah, that's pretty funny. He just he is so desperate for this to be a recreation of the same night, but with them following through, and it's just not working out that way at all. But ultimately, it kind of does. Yeah. That's part of the, that's part of the joke, um, and that's a very Edgar Wright thing. Uh, it's it's the same thing that they do 
with the plan in the pub uh, in Shaun of the Dead, uh, where it this is their plan. Their plan kind of works out, just not how they thought it would. Exactly. So it's it's uh, it's clever. <laughs> then then she asks him. This is a key moment, I, I think, too, where she asks, "What happened to you?" And he says, "Nothing, just the same old Gary." And he's and it's just like, "Oh, no kidding." Really is sort of underscoring that that theme again. Uh, they notice the new statue in the park, the modern art. <laughs> <laughs> That's a modern uh, art. <laughs> uh, yeah, or something. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. And they head over to the famous cop. <laughs> Which is the one that uh, Gary is barred from for life. Right. And, right. And, and also where they run into Basil. Yeah. They see Basil in there drinking beer out of a straw. Uh, crazy straw. <laughs> like a crazy straw. Um and he's played by the guy that plays Filch in uh, the Harry Potter movies, <laughs> yep. uh, David Bradley. Yeah, so he's uh, he's very funny. I like it when he shows up mm-hmm. in things. He's kind of unexpected. <laughs> he he's a sort of conspiracy theorist. Uh, tell him telling him all the stories about uh, UFOs and underwater Nazis and yeah, <laughs> underwater Nazis. <laughs> I, I there's so much I, I can't remember all, all of it i mean there was just like i couldn't oh there's no way i was going to be able to do notes for this because i would just have to be writing constantly he said the bermuda triangle was actually a, yeah, a, square. a square no it was well, too actually much to, so it was two isosceles triangles forming a rhombus yeah this is where i think it's at this pub when they have that kind of conversation this is where the other guys kind of start to loosen up a little bit too and you see yeah. more of their personality come out as they're you know well, they're rem- talking, they're to, talking each to each other apart from Gary. yeah they're yeah. reminiscing so like, and they're like the old thems are kind of starting to come back a little bit and yeah, yeah you know they 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 like each other they yeah. they enjoy each other and they know you know Gary's Gary he's <laughs> just being who he is right now, the next pub, for some reason, I lost track of what hands. it was called. The Cross Hands. Now, that's an important name because you cross hands is a f- slang for a fight. fight. <laughs> uh, yep. So this is uh, this is the key. A lot of important one. things happen. Yeah, at this pub. We learn about the marmalade, the marmalade sandwich. sandwich. <laughs> Two blondes with a redhead in the middle. Which is, Brian would be very happy in the middle there. Probably. What? <laughs> really? Another one of those, like, like you were saying, like putting the, the the comedy, mixing the comedy right in there with the drama when um, mm, the Shane Shane Hawkins comes up to the table, yeah. the whole bully thing. That's a really powerful moment too, Ugh. because um, when Pete is just saying, you know, I miss more days of school because of him than chicken pox. And he uh, dislocated my eye. Punched me in the face and, so hard he, like, dislodged my eye. Yeah, like, you know, I, right. Says, but the worst part of it all is he didn't recognize me just now. It meant nothing to him. Which... It's like... I, and it's like... Uh, that's which, like, in really the, heavy. Yeah, in this movie, like, you get why <laughs> later on, but... yeah. You, you can also see, like, that being a real thing, you know, with people yeah. that have been bullied. And, like, of course, they're going to remember it, but the bullies don't remember the people that they were horrible to because they didn't mean anything to them. Yeah. And that's, there's uh, a, there's an, I've been rewatching Frasier with my daughter, and there's an episode that is 
pretty much solely devoted to that idea that the bullies don't remember them and now they're fixing Frazier's toilet mm-hmm. <laughs> because he doesn't know how to do it. Um, so it's it's just a truth that the bullied remembers a lot more than the bully. And there's like all those really serious looks on all the guys' faces and then Gary mm-hmm. shows up. Shots! <laughs> Shots! Like, yeah. It right back it's just, just like, the... Oh. Uh, the shifts in tone. Yeah. I think I think that Edgar Wright is really good at that. Mm-hmm. He because somehow you just can follow, and I think it's it's in the direction. It's also in the script. I mean, it's written right into the screenplay. I'm sure um, how these are going to happen. Boy, it's just a master of of handling tone. Uh, Gary has been saying that his mom is dead. <laughs> He goes to the bathroom, leaves his cell phone, and who's calling but Gary's mum. Mum. <laughs> yeah. Um, so th- this is where they, the, all the guys say they're going to leave. You know, we're mm-hmm. just going to go. This isn't what we thought it would be. We only came here because of and kind because of, of you. Throughout and, the yeah. night, Gary has been noticing this group of like five teenage boys that you know, right. obviously, yeah, that's also out on the town for the night. You know, he obviously is thinking of them when they were them. younger, and mm-hmm. he runs into one of them in the bathroom. <laughs> Who just kind of ignores him. <laughs> How you doing, young kids? Yeah, kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like, you know, uh, that was my head that caused that dent in the wall there. No, he punched the wall. Punched the wall, that's right. And it's like, it's like, hey, I'm talking to you. It's like, and just sort of this no reaction thing. And um slams him down to the toilet. <laughs> yeah. I don't remember I remember being like I don't know if I knew exactly what this movie was when I saw it, but I remember that definitely being like a whoa <laughs> like a well, from Death Till Dawn kind of thing, you know? It it was. It was. And <laughs> it was I think I knew something was gonna happen with the title of the movie mm-hmm. but I didn't really know what. And so when his head flies off and the blue ink and everything is flying out. Um, and then the other guys come in, <laughs> come in and confront him about the phone call. We've got a different thing <laughs> to no worry head. about now. <laughs> that came now this, this brawl. I love it. It's fantastic. So and the thing is, the first part of it is, is just like this beautifully choreographed, mm-hmm fight scene that is one shot with a couple of insert cuts it gets more it cuts more and more as the fight goes on but at first it's just like moving with one character for a while and it picks up with another yep. one and and I this is the like scene that, that really yeah. me that really made me think oh this is you know like the dance sequence in last night in soho and just the oh, it's it just so well done and the energy of all the fight scenes i I think Edgar Wright is kind of an underrated action director. I think he does really good um, action. And all of the fight scenes in this, there are like three or four really big fight scenes in this movie. And all three of them are memorable. He's very into like the choreography and and synchronization of things. Like he's really good about like just getting it all perfect and like fun little gags within the the fight too. Like I like when I think it's Ollie, He's fighting with some guy and he just kind of like flings out of his jacket <laughs> at one point. <laughs> I was like, that's kinda, so many know. great things. Or he like drops down and like comes out of his jacket to go. Right. 
get away from uh, one of the robots that's got him. And Oliver's funny because he's always saying WTF. <laughs> WTF, WTF. And then <laughs> my favorite line, <laughs> Gary says, what the fuck does WTF mean? I love that line. I, it just kills me. Peter so. comes out of the bathroom stall and says, what the fuck? And he goes, oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, <he> gets... <laughs> it, it's just good stuff. And, and just the timing of, you know, it's like when he holds up his hands to go, we've got blood in our hands. It's more like ink. Oh, we've got ink on our hands without the, just ugh, there's no. The comedic timing is just impeccable. Yeah, absolutely. From everybody. And everybody is so funny. The Nick Frost, you know, grabbing those shots and downing all five of them. <laughs> it's like, drink up, boys. Let's boo-boo. Let's boo-boo. <laughs> um, and because they their plan is to continue the golden mile as if nothing has happened. And one of the things that's really, really funny. They don't funny, know how far it's gone. Yeah. They act like robots. And this is just like the them acting like zombies. zombies. <laughs> yes, exactly. And the thing is, I don't think in this one they don't intentionally do it. They're just like in lockstep, mm-hmm. and and it's perfect because it's timed. I'm sure they chose the song ahead of time. It's Alabama song by the Doors. Show me the way to the next whiskey bar. Now. I don't like the doors. I, I think I've made that clear. I don't like the doors. But I love the use of this song in the movie. Yeah. This is it's it's one of my favorite sort of needle drops. It works good. Edgar Wright, I, I love his needle drops. I think he's really oh, yeah. smart with them. Um I think it goes Martin Scorsese, Edgar Wright, Quentin Tarantino for me, as far as the use of, you know, existing music in their movies. I, I just love that scene, you know, and, and the showing them at each place and they're now looking at everything so suspiciously uh-huh. you know, really know what's going on but they know enough to yeah and the thing is they have they're still drinking so they're all gonna they're gonna lose control more and more as they go down this golden mile because the whole point is that they have to have a beer at right. every single bar yeah 12 of them so they're <laughs> gonna have 12 pints right. by the end of the night <laughs> the next one is the good companion is, is this where they meet the rate from green that's where they okay no okay no that's the next one well the good companions is just where they kind of go in they all have a drink and then like, they leave and then they walk back that's the pretty funny though but the that it's called the, the good companions and the, yeah. the sign yeah the sign for the good companions is five like oh, the theater yeah. mess <laughs> If you notice, and there's yeah. one that's like a different color in the centers, which yeah. I think is Gary. So that's, yeah, that's another yeah. thing for that. The names of yeah. the <laughs> the pub. The next one is the trusty servant, ah, which is the Reverend Green. The Reverend Green. The, yes. Now the Reverend Green is where they scored who they scored weed from uh, in, back in the day. We have a it's secret like, code. Hey, <laughs> got any weed? <laughs> <laughs> or something like that it's very so like do you have any drugs yeah have you got any drugs <laughs> i don't do that anymore gary and this is where they find out basically yeah. what's going on yeah from the reverend green right now i kind of i think i just was i kind of lost track a little bit i've just sort of been was watching it and i just jotted a few things down so yeah i, so know, I, miss, I know i'm missing some details here um 
Well, this is where they have the talk about um, robots or like slaves going robot. on. Robot. What does robot mean? Slave. Slave. Yeah. Like, we're not slaves. We're very, very yeah. happy. <laughs> Supposedly. Now, he's then, actually yeah. is human, though, right? Is he's he's yeah, one of he the three. And the, the two other the two other guys that come yeah. up are yeah. also human too, yeah. And then he gets the phone call. You know, it's your supervisor. Right. <laughs> and the the guys are getting a little bit drunker, so mm-hmm. they're the other ones are getting a lot funnier too. They, they are keep, when they keep coming up and they're like, "Are these robots? Are they real people?" <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now, is it the next one where they're trying to come up with? the name for what to call them. <laughs> I think so. Oh, I yeah. forgot. To, yeah, I have that, but I, I don't now, know exactly which one that is. The and next, this is, but th- what's the, the next one it? is the two headed dog, which that's where they have the fight with the twins. So, <laughs> and this is the one where Oliver goes to the bathroom by himself. Right. Uh, I'm pretty sure that yeah. I'm pretty sure that. One. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I think that's where he gets taken over. Um, that one or the one before? I can't remember now. Yeah. There's, t- there's too much. There's yeah, too much. yeah. So he goes to the bathroom by himself, and then this is Gary tells Sam, who is caught up with them, about the robots. Have you it's noticed like, anything weird by the twins, besides the fact that they're twins? <laughs> yeah. Right, right. It's like, and then I love how they're coming out. It's like, why don't we, how about we call them no bots? Uh, <laughs> Phobots. Phobots. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. Nothing that has been suggested is better than Smashy Smashy Eggman. <laughs> <laughs> smashy Smashy Eggman. That's right. <laughs> Nick Bloss is so funny. <laughs> when he's drunk, too. <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> so, so great. Um, now, the, the the twins are having the conversation with Sam. Sam's sort of spilling what they know, you know, sort of unbeknownst to her. These are, She's talking to robots. Um, no They're bots, faux bots. So smashy Smashy Eggman. <laughs> Why are they saying the lines that exactly the same in sync? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then, of course, they're creepy. Not just because they're twins. But then Gary just coming twins. out and just Even worse, <laughs> smashing them. Get the the fight there, and then the the legs on her arms. This is a yeah, fun fight oh, I love she that. Has the, it was, the legs it, instead of arms. That is so good. <laughs> it's it's really really funny and. It's weird, though. It's the thing. I mean, it's 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 kind of this is where the the science fiction of it all can really kind of play around a little bit. Um, yeah. Now, when they go to the mermaid number eight, uh, that that is when I notice that Gary calls Oliver O Man, and he doesn't react to that. He doesn't correct him. He just says, I'll just keep yep. my eyes open for robots or yep. or for blanks, as they've decided to call them blanks. Or Steven just kind of like spits that out, yeah, <laughs> at one point. And they say, he's a blank, she's a blank, there's a, bl- there's a blank, yeah. Which is actually, blank is actually a better name than anything that they come up with for it, because that's, yeah, that's what they are. Yeah, because that's kind of what they yeah. are. Yeah, they're they're not exactly robots, they're just, they, they don't have, um, they're made from their DNA, but they don't have um they have the memories but they don't have the personality don't have like the volition yeah. of personality or emotion which very much like invasion of the body snatchers yep. you know and the whole thing about them being made into mulch that comes up oh, at I the know. end fertilizer at the end <laughs> is actually very invasion of the body snatchers because they just 
in the 78 version they show them like they're just piles of dust the bot the original bodies are just piles of dust and they show the garbage men taking them away then in then in uh abel ferrara's version they like break apart they're like these leaves and yeah it's anyway so it's like in it's, the stepford wise too yeah. don't they they kill the original oh yeah that's another mm-hmm. yeah that's another good good one um to to mention and that. that's a great movie too i love the um, remake to that i know ori- i know it's i've never seen I the know remake it's not, i've only seen the original yeah, i know it's not popular but i kind of love the remake of the stepford wives because it's kind of fun but it well, does the, the remake is is leans into comedy yeah oh yeah it's it's a lot more funny and it doesn't go as dark as that as they actually like Mm -hmm. kill the original versions and replace them with a robot it's like a chip in their head or something so (laughs) it doesn't lean into the the darkness that much but it's it's still fun but yeah that made me think of this too because that's that's what they are and they were they're just like blank people (laughs) and that they have no personality Absolutely. Oh, the faculty was the other one I was yeah. thinking of, and it's a deliberate riff on on uh, invasion of the body snatchers. They kind of bring it up in the movie, which is, of course, a very Kevin Williamson thing sure. to do. Um, <laughs> but anyway, and I like the faculty, but I don't love it. Oh, if I'm being I love honest, faculty. I, I I know everyone loves the faculty. <laughs> I'm like the only person on the, in the world that just thinks it's okay. Ah. Um, but I didn't think it aged as well. If I had seen it back in 99, I probably would have liked it more. That's what I thought. Honest. So, yeah. 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 Um, but now I, I think there are other movies that have done it better. That That's just my, don't ask me. It's an opinion. <sighs> How dare you? No. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's like people, people can fight me, I suppose. <laughs> I, it's like, fine. It's called an opinion and opinions are what? great. That's no why, that's why. Invasion of the Body Snatchers exists because it's telling us that we're not a hive mind. We are individuals who have our own opinions and likes and dislikes (laughs) and emotions and all these things. And this movie underscores that so well. I mean, because this and it I think it presents this idea of the world being better if it's taken over by the robots um, better than a lot of the invasion movies do. You know, the whole speech by the network at the end, but that's getting ahead of ourselves. Right now we're talking about the mermaid, which is, is it, this is the one that's been turned into like a rave club. Yeah, it's right? like a school but, but, disco <laughs> is what they call it. So it's like where the, yeah. the kids can go and, and dance. Another very appropriate name because this mermaid is where they are seduced by the the women so, the sirens, so they're kind of like yeah. sirens or mermaids. mermaids and sirens yeah. are different obviously but they would all they would both I know, kind I know. of it's a, it's, lure sailors usually to their deaths kind of thing so yeah. and um this is also where basil pulls steven into the closet and and tells him what he knows and the marmalade sandwich is this they're the same they look mm-hmm. the same as when they were younger young yeah, yeah. That's also yeah. this is also where Sam runs into her old crush, isn't it? At this one, yeah, yeah, yeah. Who? That's right. Yeah, you find out is actually died. <laughs> right, right. Years before yeah. or something. Yeah. Um, next is the Beehive, and we run into. This is kind of just a one scene part for him, almost. Uh, Pierce Brosnan, yeah, uh, so as good. Mr. Shepard, <laughs> who was their English teacher. Um, he's sort of like the character in Me and Earl, the Dying Girl, the teacher that they like. Yeah, like the cool uh, teacher that they yeah. they relate to. 
yeah. they actually like the beehive being like he and also him having the name shepherd like he's the shepherd over these yeah. guys too right but he's also right this is also That's where true. there was like the big fight with the, the all the other blanks in there so it's like the queen bee and the worker bees like scene. in the beehive they're having a fight with so yeah well, and the thing is, it's also like how easily they can repair themselves, how they just another copy can show up. All of that is is really and I, I love this part where Andy has the two bar stools. <laughs> I love the conversation that they have where he's uh, Mr. Shepard is yeah. kind of trying to talk them into it and say that, no, this is actually good. And then, yeah, yeah, this is good. Yeah. It's this. It's the same conversation that's in the invasion first two, at least, uh, invasion of the body snatchers. Leonard Nimoy gives it in the seventy-eight version, and uh, there's a scene in the original fifty-six version where where they just kind of say, you know, it's going to be better. You know, you'll have all your memories, you'll have all your everything, just without your emotions getting in the way. There will be no hatred. There will be no none of this. And you know, I can see why people might interpret the pod person world as being superior. However, it's all at the expense of individuality. Choice. I mean, these people in the pod, choice, exactly. And does choice, there's no negative emotion, but there are no positive ones either. There's no art. There's no music. There's no, there's no beauty in the world or appreciation of beauty. It's, it's all very hollow. Uh, and also, it's a hive mind. It's the Borg from Star Trek, or you know, which the Cybermen from Doctor Who, you know, or whatever. So it's it's all. Yeah, I didn't get either one of those, but okay. <laughs> I'm I'm not talking to you. Um. Anyway. Wow. Okay. <laughs> oh. Anyway, I'm just kidding. Um. But it's it's just it's it's a it's life without meaning. It's survival without meaning, and. I don't know. I find that to be just a horrible thought. It is without the messiness that comes with being a human. Yes. But, you know, that's that's a lot to give up. Just it's it's a nice thought, you know, just peace and everything and none of this stuff going on. But that to give up, you know, at, at what, what cost? cost, you know, yeah. what are you really yeah. giving up? And is it you just going to be a another cog in the machine and just keep things going for what? So the next generation can do the same thing. And then what's, what is the point of us being here? Exactly. It's sort of like you just live on the planet, deplete its resources until they're gone and then just move on. That's kind of what invasion of the body snatchers implies. It's going on. I don't think it's an actual utopia. I think it's a hollow one. And so I find that, fascinating because i mean another thing in in at the end of invasion of the body snatcher 78 is it shows a bunch of people just sitting in a lab just staring they're not doing anything they're just watching things and then when the experiment is done they move on and it's there's just nothing no there at all yeah Yeah. no interest yeah nothing going on inside (laughs) yeah and this movie, I think, underscores those themes very much so. And it actually focuses on the negative in a really smart way, I think, too. Um, because, I mean, Mr. Shepard lays out, okay, the aliens, they've, 
brought peace to the galaxy and they're here to help strings which you know what kind of reminded me of 2001 in a way <laughs> uh, well but the say. thing is the thing is about the aliens in 2001 they they give you they give the nudge to the next stage of evolution yeah. but they let you be messy on your way to figuring it out I think that is one of the things that's kind of interesting Which, about that movie. That just kind of made me think of this because he says like they have good intentions. Technically, yeah. they want to they want to help they want to help uh, the humans get up to the level that they're at because in to be a part of their galaxy where they just have like supposedly like peace and you know happiness and connectivity with everybody else and like Earth is like the the worst out of all of the, everybody well, in the, that's in the pretty, i mean we're a little ahead of ourselves on, on that conversation but i i know what you're saying though because i i find that just to be sort of like this fascinating theme just like we are messy and it just is who we are and it's like so the way so what you had to do you had to replace everybody in order to reach achieve your goals, no one went willingly. Yeah, because they say at the beehive, he says like, okay, if you're not going to go willingly, like we will take you. And they, uh, I love the the effect of like the light coming out of their eyes yeah. and their mouths. Oh, it's great! <laughs> it looks really, it's so fun. Um, I also the, I also love in this fight the voice scene. of the light. Oh, it's that so speaks good through him. Is uh Bill Nye? Is it really? Yeah, I think so. I didn't even think about who that yeah uh, would be. Yeah. I'm that pretty sound like sure. Him. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's who it was. Yeah. Yeah, the network voice is Bill Knight. Nice. Yeah. He even, oh. they even says like when um Oh, cuz Mr. Shepard said something about them being not unlike teachers where they, you know, they're firm when they have to be. Kind of implying that this isn't as rosy as they're making right. it out to be for the humans mm-hmm. like no we will actually make you our slaves if you won't come yeah. willingly <laughs> but you're basically slaves yeah <laughs> now one of the things i love about this fight i, I mean I, lo- I love nick frost with the bar stools and all that but i love the part where gary is trying to finish his drink and he keeps on getting attacked yes <laughs> Fantastic. He's like out. I love it. Oh, Christ's sake. Yeah, I love that so much. So funny. Um, and Andy likes um, smashes poor Ollie's head half off. <laughs> right. Because he sees the six on his head, which is why he knows that uh, he's a copy because it's based on their DNA. Now, this this leads to these next couple of scenes, you know, where he helped or they separate Sam and and uh, Gary separate from the rest of the group. And so it, it sort of plants that seed of paranoia in the other four guys um, and or three guys. Sorry, three guys, because <laughs> we're we're always out of the picture. Oh, man. is Yeah. Oh, man is anymore. not. Yeah. <laughs> Egg, Eggman, smashy, smashy. Uh, <laughs> smashy, smashy, Eggman. <laughs> yeah, um, but I love, I love that part. It's like it, it's like, oh, I know how to do this. I see this in all these movies where you know you just jump on the roof of the car, <laughs> <laughs> smashes out the windows. That's great. Um, but that whole conversation is like where Sam says, you know, doing what we did. You know, that was all fine when. When you're 17, 17 but not when you're facing 40 yeah and that's that's still tough i think for gary to take 
you know, he's learning that, but he's, I don't know if he's quite there yet. And I love the part where it's Gary and the three guys in the, in the, in the bar, you know, and then it's just kind of dark and they're like, Oh, okay, prove to me you're, you are oh, the little, who that little shed. Yeah. Yeah. The whole prove to me, you are who you say you are. And, um, you know, I've got the, the bottle, <laughs> scar on his butt and then the, he goes what do you like show show me your ass and he goes nice <laughs> that's a good that's a good little and because they figured out like yeah the the blanks uh, so yeah he was new uh, would be would be kind of like newborns like they would yeah new like a baby like a man baby. baby like a maybe <laughs> like a maybe <laughs> it's the way that it's again just clip 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 and it, i know yeah uh, it's 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 really it's like then how do i know what's written above your on the beam above your head <laughs> king gary it says king gay no it doesn't it says king, king gay. gay but uh, and i love how peter at the end is like king gay <laughs> it's, <just> like, <laughs> it's very funny but um that's it's so but, funny as they're getting drunker yeah too. but it's a great scene you know it's like do you, do you want me to show you you remember when we were recreating the scene from Alien and I stabbed you in the finger with the knife it's like you Gary's like it's like well either one will do it it gives him the finger it's yeah brilliant so well done but then Gary won't show right a scar that he won't take his jacket off or anything to show a scar that he's right. got on his arm right because we'll save that so something yeah. else we'll find yeah. out later on <laughs> Yeah, um, but the king gay thing, the laughter of that, and then he go, then Peter, um, Peter lifting up the wrong uh, pant leg first is really funny too. <laughs> oh, sorry, the other one. Um, but then he beats up the bully version of his ro- uh, the uh, the robot version of his bully. <laughs> the bully version of his robot. You know what I'm saying? Come on. So I like how he he, go, he like punches him in the face a bunch of time, and then he goes and grabs a big branch. old like branch. <laughs> so it's beating him with a branch. Love it. He's like, you don't have to do this. Yes, I do. It's a, that's a good moment. It, it, it really is, and I I think it's uh, yeah, wonderful sort of revenge of the yeah of the moment thing. Yeah. Well, that's where the, and and that's where uh, Peter gets sort of mobbed and and taken over by the but you know they're gonna just try and escape but you know <laughs> no gary is like i i gotta finish this i gotta yeah finish and so <laughs> uh the king's head just fitting as gary king right this is the one where like there's nobody in the bar and he's just like this is where you kind of get into the king's head i think is right what it is what you kind of get What's really going on with Gary yeah. is what happens here. Yeah. And um, this is this is also where uh, Andrew Nick Frost on the on the way back runs into the <laughs> while they were when he was being seduced by Marmalade Sandwich. One of them, I don't know which one. Um, oh, she yeah. <laughs> she like that's a great she, move. <laughs> she she, in the she bar. sucks the the wedding ring <laughs> off his finger. And swallows it. <laughs> and this is Andy. I want you inside me. That's okay. Right. And he just reaches in through her stomach. 
and grabs his wedding <laughs> ring out and puts it back on. Beautiful. 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 Love it. And well, and we find out quite a bit in this scene because, you know, it's it's pretty much just him and him and Gary, Andy and Gary in there. And um, we find out Andy's wife left him. Because Gary is doing the thing where he's like, oh, every, you think uh, or, um, he's doing the thing like you think everything is all perfect, mm-hmm. you know, just because I'm married yeah. and all this stuff and have kids. It's like that's another thing that um, Romy Michelle did, too, where it's like, yeah, you can hit all those milestones. But is it really going to be all perfect? Is it right? Is it really going to work well, out? That's not the way not life always. works. You know, nope. there's nothing is perfect. Uh, and that's kind of part of the point you know, of the movie here, um, that whole idea where he says, you know, you fight for what's important. You know, it's like, I just punched my wedding ring out, <laughs> out of a robot. stomach. It's <laughs> like, so well, cute. you fight for what's important. It's like, so what, yeah. what's so important about the golden mile? And he screams, it's all I've got. Um, and that's where we find out where we, he sees the bracelet that he's in rehab. Yeah. Um, and, and he's got bandages on yeah, his wrists yeah. where mm-hmm. he probably tried to, to kill, kill himself. himself yeah. yeah, That's when I was like, oh, damn, this movie is like. It's got some really, heavy stuff. and the- It's going for it. And uh, the way, but the way he delivers that when, um, when Andy sees the, the bandages and everything and he says, you know, right. like, you need to get help. And he's like, I got help. Yeah. <laughs> the way, I don't know. There's some, there's a lot of emotion behind the way that Simon Pegg is delivering this part of the movie. It really is. And and, the, and again, there's humor in the lines themselves mm-hmm. and it's just sort of hits this perfect pitch of where it should be between humor and tragedy um, in a really beautiful way. You get what he means um, when he says like, they told me when to go to bed. It's like, you, they mm-hmm. tried to, like I don't, I don't want to be going through this. Is kind of what I felt like he was kind of feeling. He's like, I just, I just yeah. want to like have fun. I want to be free, <laughs> you know, like right. big, kind of the big thing. That, but he can't, and he can't deal with these serious yeah. emotions that he's having. Well, he gives it's hard. Well, Nick, Nick, Andy <laughs> confronts him by saying, "Well, how can you know you're drunk if you're never sober?" You're sober. Yeah. That's pretty hard-hitting stuff going yeah. on here. And they, they kind of just go through the hole in the wall. That's just sort of a – that's a quick stop, right? <laughs> the, the the 11th pub. Yeah, the, well, the, world's... Oh, the, hole in the, the hole in the wall, that's when, uh, like, Stephen drives through the, the bar with the car. Right, right. Creating right. a hole, hole in the wall. In the wall. Ha, 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 ha. And <laughs> then – then we get to the world's end. Of course, this is the and the uh, the tap is empty. The last one. Well, he gets in there and there's like a number twelve, like a, a full yeah. pint sitting there yeah. on the table, and he won't let him yeah. <laughs> take that yeah. drink. Or is it? Or is it in the king's head that the that the tap's empty? I can't remember. One of them, he goes to fill up a beer on the tap, and it's activates yeah, it's a, the network. Well, because um, yeah. He because Andy yeah. won't let him drink. Okay, the, the okay, last yeah. One, that was, so. So, there's so much going on. It's just like you turn. I know. Your, you turn These your movies are always really. Yeah, you dense. turn your <laughs> eyes away for a second and you've missed something. You know, it's like that's one of the things that was hard about taking notes with this one. I would have been pausing every minute. <laughs> exactly. 
Now this is kind of an amazing thing. The it is that where they're offered a chance. He's offered the chance to be his younger self. Oh my god, I was so cute. Yeah. <laughs> but one of the things that's kind of amazing is you think that's what he wants throughout the movie, but then he doesn't even hesitate. He grabs it by the yeah. head, pulls it off, and kicks the head nah. and says, "There's only one Gary King." that's pretty heavy that's pretty deep in its own way you know um it's like there is no uh substitute for who i am even if it is all of me downloaded into all of my memories and whatever downloaded into this body it's still not me he recognizes right away that it kind of means that you have to take the good with the bad that's entirely part of what it is be human yeah and 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 going through life that's right and that that whole thing where the utopia doesn't exist right yeah that's right because it doesn't because as humans we are and the thing is i I read something too that um people who experience bad things and and we all do actually appreciate life more (laughs) in Mm -hmm. some way they, they not i'm not and i'm not talking about you know like dwelling on difficult times or things like that and uh, obviously there are i don't know what i'm trying to say maybe cut this out <laughs> but, uh, you, <laughs> i get it you no. know uh, because because I'm, I'm not trying to trivialize you know anyone's suffering or pain that's not what i'm trying to do but i think there is a sense that because we experience rainy days that we enjoy the sun hmm? I mean, obviously, if you're going through years and years of suffering, that's very challenging. But <laughs> it's all relative to and I think there's know, a firm, experience. Yeah, exactly. Sure. And you know, and sometimes it's perspective. Uh, yeah. So I try and I try and be thankful as best I can, as often as I can, and that seems to help. Turn off. Tur- turn off yeah. Twitter and. Go outside and touch grass, <laughs> so <laughs> so to speak. I know that's an overused phrase, but yeah. but it's it's kind of there's it's not untrue either. Yeah. So I know what you mean, and I know that everybody that you know has been through like a hard stuff because we're not a monolith, and no, you know, no, we don't no, all no, think no, no. or of feel the same not. way. Of course not. But some people do kind of recognize that they're not glad that they went through no, the bad no, no, stuff, no, of course but not. that it but that it did teach them empathy and yeah appreciation um i think that they might that they feel like they might i mean this is how i feel like that i might not have learned had i not gone through what i had you know yes i, I do know and i know yeah. not everybody subscribes to that people think like well fuck that no i'd rather not have bad things happen <laughs> yeah i get that too totally yeah but I get what you're trying to say. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's part, again, that's part of being human. It's like we're not emotion, or part of is emotions and personality for ourselves, but also the way that we connect to other people. Yeah. And that's not what we would what we get with the network. Yeah, they live together, apparently, and they have some kind of peaceful harmony in whatever kind of uh, society they've created, but... There's no volition. There's no personality. There's There's no individuality. There's no choice. choice. And, you know, love without choice, is it love? 
it is not, for example, you know? Um, so anyway. Yeah, and this whole conversation that they all have with, um, it's called like the lights or the network or the, the voice of the network is, is so great. Cause, oh, yeah. I mean, it's just, it's everything that the movie is trying to, yeah, and to be. I love how it calls him Gary King of the Humans. Yeah. <laughs> which, which has a double meaning, of course. Yeah. Because yeah. Gary King of the humans or of the humans. or Gary king of the humans. Yes. It's like he's the spokesperson for all of humanity in this moment. And he is. Mm-hmm. He is. And he is. He he and um and at this point it's Stephen and Andy are they're speaking for all of humanity at this <laughs> yeah. moment. That's quite a responsibility, but I mean honestly that kind of goes back to ancient stories. I mean that's that's Jesus. I mean that's speaking for you know all of humanity as on behalf of humanity uh spare them or whatever you know if you will that idea is all coming down to the sacrifice or uh the intermediary of one person is really a powerful image and it's something that i think speaks to our sort of collective unconscious of storytelling too um and so it's it's uh, it's cool, but um, the network says you know there is no room for imperfection, and that is kind of the kicker, isn't it? Because part of being human is figuring out from your mistakes. It is imperfection. We become better through our imperfection and stumbling and following, falling and figuring it out and learning, right? It also says you act out the same cycles of self-destruction again and again. Yes, we do. <laughs> yes, we do. Yeah. And That's part of it. <laughs> there's a great line in here, too, where Andy says, yeah, he's a bit of a cock, but he's my cock. <laughs> yeah. uh, I love that. Um, and, and it's our right to be fuck ups. Um, mm-hmm. All of that. Yeah, we I are. That. Yeah, I love we that are line. revolting. <laughs> <laughs> again another another another, another double, great double meaning. double meaning um we and it's like we are more stubborn more belligerent and more idiotic than you bargained for yeah. so essentially they had to take over all of the human race in order to get them yeah. to subscribe to this um, like he bit off a little bit more than you could chew with earth <laughs> yeah so we are we are total fuck-ups yeah. <laughs> yeah well and then they says okay we'll leave you to your own devices well here's the thing the problem with that they don't really do that though they destroy them first and then leave them to their own devices they they shut down all of of all, all their technology is wiped out yeah yeah, yeah. which I, I, the, I guess the claim though is that hey we gave you this technology so we have the right to take it away but it's fascinating because you know it's them that created social media and all these things that are <laughs> You know, I think that's really smart because it's, again, the creation of the of the hive mind. Yeah. You know, I'm going to put you in feedback loops so you all agree with each other on the same on things. I mean, it's it's kind of smart writing, I think, because. Yeah. So. And this was in 2013. 2013. Kind of before it really blew up as big as it is now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was Facebook and Twitter at the time. And that was pretty much it. Um, but it's uh, it's fascinating how um, I, I think it's really smart the way it handles all that. So I just sort of this overall 
<laughs> ground zero destruction. And the thing is, they end up on the same spot as they were at the be- as they were at the beginning of the movie at the first story back in the day story, overlooking the town and the glow of of orange. Yeah. You know, when before it was like the sunrise, and now it's yeah the sunrise, and it was like the yeah. the hope yeah. of the future and everything. Now it's just the destruction of everything. But I think that, you know, when Andy is, you know, sort of the sage sitting around the fire, and I love how his glasses are two side, two halves <laughs> of two pairs of glasses. Um, and they talk about how... On the back bubble behind him, there's the graffiti that says two heirs human. human. Yeah. To forgive divine. Yeah. And he says, you know, yeah, life's hard, but it's simpler too. I've got back together and now I'm... <laughs> Now we've gone, Kinda. we've gone organic. <laughs> we we had to go back to the organic diet, and you know what? There's I don't not a lot of processed foods that I miss. And then, and then the yeah, Cornetto wrapper, the Cornetto wrapper. I love that. Yeah, <laughs> that's the one thing that's really funny. I mean that that's that's really funny in that moment. Um, <laughs> um, and then you know talking about how the blanks rebooted and they were actually blank. You know, so their personalities could be created uh, at this point. And I think that's really interesting because the humans have an opportunity to accept these blanks and make them who they want. But there is sort of like this divide. It's almost a racial divide that happens um, anyway. The way the, the the way the ending deals with this, and I love how uh, you know, like Ollie, he has the <laughs> volleyball on his head, well. and, you know, and he becomes <laughs> a, everyone head. still needed a roof over the head, so he became an estate agent again. Um, and then the other robot that I don't think his wife even noticed that he was a robot uh, is pre- Peter. Yeah, yeah, Peter. That's right. <laughs> is that's pretty good. He's actually a great father. I lo- I like that a lot. Yeah. Uh, and then um, uh, Stephen and Sam get together. Yeah. Didn't see that coming. <laughs> they haven't. They shacked up in a place outside of London. It's re- pretty, pretty nice shack. Nice shack. Too. <laughs> I like that. A lot. That's very funny. But then Gary gets the such a Mad Max thing it going on. Is, here. It is so it. good, and and he's got the King Arthur sword. You know, <laughs> um, drawing it all back to the King Arthur lines at the beginning. But uh, he's gathered together the blanks that were the younger versions of himself, minus yeah. Gary. He has this little crew and they go out and <laughs> kick ass. <laughs> yeah. So they, I yeah. think they're trying to create sort of this acceptance of, you know, the, this mm-hmm. w- new world where blanks and humans coexist. And it's, um, I don't know, there's a lot going on there too. Um, and it just kind of ends. I love how it just ends. Yeah. It's wonderful. Because the humans are just kind of going back to what we've done before mm-hmm. with the dividing people. It's like, mm, that's not what this was supposed to do. And I think that's what Gary right. is, yeah, is fighting against yeah. at the end. Yeah. It puts us all on the same level. And yeah. one of the things that the theme yes. too, we totally, yeah, <laughs> is, over. is the line is, you know, it's, and the thing is when I went and saw the wild angels, I was doing a piece about Roger Corman and I bought, uh, the Wild Angels, because I figured it's an important movie in, in his history. So I watch this. And when the line comes up where Peter Fonda is, starts saying, we want to be free. We want to get loaded. It was like I recognized it from 
this movie, not from. <laughs> and so I didn't know what that was from when I, having seen I having seen The World's End um, a couple of times. So I was like, I recognize this. And so. But you hear the actual audio. It's the actual right? audio from The Wild Angels. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's that that spirit. Want to have a good yeah. time. Yeah, yeah, that spirit. Want to be free. We want to be free, and you know the Soup Dragons version of free is, yeah, I'm free. Do what I want. Yeah, any. I'm uh, I'm more familiar now <laughs> with the uh, Rolling Stones version, but um, it's uh, yeah, so <laughs> classic stuff. Yeah, this movie. Every time I I just like it more as I see it more. It's terrific. Like I said, I think I like this one a lot more now that I'm older, too. It's because yeah. it is more of an adult movie than maybe the other. I think maybe two. it is. It, um, you know, I haven't seen, honestly, I think I've only seen Hot Fuzz once uh, for one for whatever reason. It's not that I didn't like it. I did uh, quite a bit. But I, I guess I for whatever reason, I haven't revisited that one. I've seen Shaun of the Dead two or three oh, times a lot what <laughs> yeah i've seen shot of that so many times <laughs> yeah. yeah i remember going to see a movie with my wife i think we saw open water um <laughs> how'd she take that anyway um she actually really liked it at the time really? um but yeah believe it or not believe it or not but um we uh but i remember the trailer for Shaun of the dead and i was dying I was like, I have got to see that movie. And to see Edgar Wright and Simon Pegg just kind of reach the heights that they have since then is pretty amazing, Um, especially with such a quirky, I I, I was going to say movie, but I was going to say in filmography, frankly, Mm -hmm. that especially Edgar Wright has a really quirky filmography. I, I hope he... Just gets to make more of them. I've because loved pretty much I, everything of his. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just glad that you know he keeps being allowed to make movies yeah. and doing things. It's really interesting stuff, and a lot of them sort of become appreciated after the fact. Uh, you know, they're sort it's of totally going to happen with movies. the last night in Soho. People are going to love that movie. I know. In a I few think years. so too. <laughs> you know, I think so too. So. Anyway, awesome. my recommendation this week is The Wild Angels, Roger Corman. <laughs> I didn't have one. That's a good one. Yeah, yeah. totally. <laughs> Any of those uh, Body Snatcher movies, let's say, Invasion of the Body Snatchers, the original, the remake, the Stepford Wives, all that kind of stuff would be yeah. so good to, to go along with this. If, oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and the faculty. I know I, I, <laughs> I slightly disparaged the faculty earlier, but I like that. It's a good movie, so I know that... A lot of people like it more than me, but um, it's good. It's, it's good. great. And watch Hot it's Fuzz good. again. I think you'll really like it. I, I am going to watch Hot Fuzz again. I was thinking of watching it today, in fact. Sweet. And what have we got coming up? Halloween season. Yay! Hell yeah. yeah. We've been so looking forward we, to this for a while. We have. <laughs> we have. Now, um, <laughs> this is probably going to be a little bit on the fly. Uh, as we as we say what our choices are going to be unless we just want to because okay so we Ah. have haunted houses yes as our first one here now okay (laughs) so i i (laughs) my choice so many (laughs) okay my haunted house choice i i mean there's no question for me though 
my choice is the 1961 version of The Haunting of Bly Manor, <laughs> a.k.a. <laughs> the Innocence starring Deborah Carr. Amazing movie. Okay. I know I put this down as my final ones, but I've been thinking in my head. It's like, oh, should I go with another one? Because this is my favorite um, subgenre of, of horror or anything with ghosts, haunted houses. That's why we're doing two episodes, yeah. because we both kind of love these movies. And there's so many to pick from, but yeah, okay. I think I'm going to have to go with my choice um, of The Orphanage. Excellent. Um, yes. Love that freaking movie so much. Yeah. Now, obviously, both of these are not they're haunted house, but they're also ghost movies. I mean, that's just kind of the nature of the beast, right? Right. Yeah. So, I mean, there are so many great choices, though. Jeez. Pretty so many much options. all of them. <laughs> yeah. I love, all, I love all of them. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Idiot. It's so many good options. Now, and then um, later in the month, we're going to do a ghost thing, a more... <laughs> Just ghosts in general. <laughs> ghosts, general ghosts, but you know there might be haunted houses involved in those too. You know, yep. um, so it's just the way it works out. Um, so that'll be fun. We're we're really looking forward to Halloween season. We love talking about horror. We don't do it that much, honestly. Uh, so I weird. know people people tend to like it when we talk about horror. Uh, those seem to be the ones <laughs> that get the highest downloads from us. Uh, that'll be a lot of fun. We're probably going to see if we can do a couple of bonus episodes interspersed maybe talk about some of the horror movies that we have seen in the intermediate time or whatever i don't know we'll figure something out we've got lots of well actually we have no ideas but we got plenty of got plenty of time to come up with good ideas we exactly exactly we're hoping maybe to get 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 a friend on a guest on to talk about a, a good horror movie too so we'll see We'll see what happens. I probably shouldn't say too much because I'll get myself in trouble. No. Um, so don't announce something. We can't make it happen for the people. I man. know. Come I on. know. I know. I know. We don't want to do that. I think that uh, that next one, I think, is kind of set in stone, though. We're going to do that. The Innocence and the Orphanage. That's a pretty good pairing. Yeah. We always like is. to do like the older movie with a more modern. We haven't, That's we haven't done that in a while where yeah. it's that old compared to that new. You know what yeah. I mean? And I, I really like it when we can do that. So that'll be a lot. Lot, lot of fun. I haven't seen the Innocence in a while, so I'm looking forward oh. to revisiting that one. It's one that I like more. Again, every time I see it, it's just it's just so atmospheric, and there's a real beauty to the way it's shot and everything. It's just a great film. Um, and the orphanage so. is beautiful too, and like mm-hmm. tragic and sad. Absolutely. And, uh, well, yeah. beautifully done. Yeah. God, I love that one. And spooky, yeah. very spooky. Yes, definitely. <laughs> and I, I've. Uh, I've only seen it once. I saw it uh, on your recommendation just, I think, about a year ago. And, um, yeah, it's a terrific movie. Really looking forward to that. Um, Okay. So, uh, real quick, we can share the socials. I'm on BrianWaves42 everywhere. I'm on Instagram at Michelle Egan. And our show, Twitter, I'm sorry, X and Instagram. (laughs) Twitter and Instagram at MovieLifePod. Might look into another social if one of them sort of becomes favored. <laughs> we'll see what happens. Uh, I have trouble enough keeping up with what we have, but we'll do what we do. Okay, so thank you for for uh, joining us there and joining us more importantly here. And if you can drop a rate and review for us uh, in Apple Podcasts or Spotify, uh, that 
would be great. It's very helpful to us, and uh, we appreciate it greatly. We know some, we don't think we don't notice those people that are helping to share uh, the show on. Totally do. We love you. On, on, yeah, on Instagram and on Twitter. Absolutely enjoy. So glad that you do that. It's very helpful, very wonderful that you do that for us. We really, really appreciate it. And so if we don't say that enough, that's on us, uh, but we really appreciate you. Um, I also want to, I, I always forget to do the credits. I should say our theme song. <laughs> yeah. Our theme song by Jerry Smith. Uh, hire them to, to score your project because uh, they do a great job. And then our artwork by my father-in-law, uh, <laughs> Cheeto, Cheeto Pebanito. Um, great. He does great work too. I love his work. So. Anyway, thank you again, and what are we going to do, Michelle? We will see you all next time. Let's boo-boo. Let's boo-boo.